Oh man, uh, we just got to hear hear some spectacular blues music. That's, that's how blues was meant to be done. That's exactly how blues was meant to be done. And I got to tell you, there is video footage on YouTube. Of course, that's where I ripped that from. Uh, of the great Steven Seagal playing, and he's very lazy. He's got it up there, and he's just kind of like thumping away at his thumb. Like he's lazy. Maybe he's just so. Perfect he, at you it. You know what? It's the perfection. He's a he's, renaissance man. He's he's a renaissance man. <laughs> I mean, Zen master, actor, blues man, just cop. He knows no boundaries. Like he is that in tune mm. with the universe and himself that he can just kind of excel at anything he does. I mean, he not only is a blues man. He's got a couple of albums out there, and feel free to find them. They're they're wonderful. I got them. I got both you of got them. Got both of them. Mm, yeah. I got the vinyl, CD, cassette tape, eight track, shit, streaming. Wow, I didn't even know he had an eight track out there, but you got it. I had especially made. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) but uh, aside from that, he also had he 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 dipped his finger because there was a while there. Dipped his finger, dipped his toe. Into the no, hole. he dipped his finger. He, he, he his does finger? everything differently. Yeah, you're right. You know, like everyone right. else dips their toes, so he dips his finger. I dip my finger. He, uh, there was a while there where uh, energy drinks were going nuts. Everybody was making energy drinks, so he made his own. Uh, of course, the flavors are Cherry Charge and Asian Experience. <laughs> Let me guess. It's a 10-hour energy drink because most are five. I couldn't tell you. I'm I couldn't tell you. I don't think that would have gotten to him because he... Wave Michigan goodbye long ago, and that it's a that's a Farmington product you're mentioning there. Oh. So didn't know they, that. they might not have it in L.A. But I mean, he's also he didn't just write and produce his first movie Above the Law, but he also directed future movies. I mean, this is a talented man, Murray. Talented. I man. know. I saw it Above the Law when it came out. I just I kind of discovered him in a way. You, you, I said done. that guy is going somewhere. That's the guy's a star. He has star written all over him. <laughs> well, he's certainly something. But uh, we'll talk about that more in a minute before uh, we get further. Into yeah, that. we're just gonna we're not gonna fuck around. We're just gonna get right into it. So here it is. Steven Seagal is hard to kill. Steven Seagal is Mason Storm, a cop working undercover until his cover was blown. Whoever that is, I don't want him to get an hour older. They thought they'd seen the last of him. But Mason Storm is hard to kill. Mason! Now. He's toast, you understand? The climate is right. We'll get him, buddy. For revenge. Every one of them. I think you better dial 911. Mason Storm is about to hit back. That wasn't the time. Now's the time. We are going to put an end to the violence, and you can take that to the bank. Steven Seagal is hard to kill. Take that to the bank. 
Alright. Well, I know we kind of hyped up Seagal the slightest bit there. You know, I was a huge Seagal fan for like two weeks as a child. I'm probably there with you. I saw the first two or three movies, and then I was done with them. Honestly, I, I, I remember seeing Under Siege, and that's the only one. And after Under Siege, I was like... How, how did you see that? There were boobs in that one. I thought your mom never let my, you see movies of boobs. I'm pretty boobs. sure when we watched it, uh, they knew where it was at, and so my mom or dad watched it with us and uh, like fast-forwarded or you know stopped. I guess that is fast-forwarding, right? I don't remember what it's called, but instead of just doing the fast-forward while it's in play, because then it's... You know, it's just, it, you see everything, but super fast. Yeah. But if you stopped and then fast-forwarded, you wouldn't see anything. So I'm pretty sure they did that for that. Scene. That is so ridiculous, but. Hey, you know, they Love want, you, Mom. They wanted us to see people breaking necks. They didn't want us to see some boobs that might turn some heads. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. But, uh, yeah, so there was like a week long where I was like, JCVD, take a hike. Stevie, really? Stevie Seagal is my guy. You really? Oh, wow. Dude, I wanted... I, I was obsessed with him for a while. It lasted, well, one thing I'll, I'll give Seagal, one thing I do love about him, he always did the arm break. I always loved the, the Seagal arm break. Every, I don't remember... I've, I know for a fact I've seen three of his movies recently. Glimmerman, Under Siege, and this movie. And every one of those... There's never, like, good action shots of him, but there's always him, like, breaking an arm, and I love it. I can remember. I saw Above the Law, his first movie, with my sister, Julie. Okay. And uh, we were both, like, because we, we, you know, we like those cheesy movies. And when we saw that arm break, that was the first time I'd ever seen that in a movie. I was like, okay. holy shit. I was like, oh, it just, oh, it's, it's it, makes, it makes me nauseous now. Like, yeah. It's, it's such a fucked They're up always, thing. They're always, like, the, the, the perp who gets his arm broken is always wearing, like, a windbreaker. <laughs> and you just see, like, some sharp object just shoot straight up the elbow socket area. Yeah. And, and it makes you cringe because you can imagine him. Yeah, that, that, that would hurt. They really play on your imagination. They do a great job of that. Yeah, now they do it in, like, CGI and it'll look like shit. Yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah. Uh, God damn it. Let's get some real effects back in movies, but some real effects of Stephen Seagal's life is this motherfucker's been married three times. He's had seven kids with those three different wives. Uh, he was involved with, uh, let's see, I believe it was his nanny at the time, Arissa Wolf. Uh, yeah, who was his nanny uh, to the um, lady lust of this movie, Kelly LeBrock. The yeah. second lady he sleeps with in this movie. Yeah, I... I, I gotta chime in. Fuck Steven Seagal for ruining Kelly LeBrock, man. Yeah. She was like one of the hottest 80s chicks. I mean, everybody knows her as Lisa from Weird Science. That was like her big Oh, shit. Breakout I didn't even movie. realize that. Yeah, that was her big thing. She was super hot in it. And as soon as she got, as soon as he got his claws into her, she hit the wall. I don't know what effect he would have over anybody. Just his greasiness. I don't know. The greasiness? Because yeah, we were uh, we were also talking about his hairline <laughs> because he's very, very attached to his hair. If you – I saw a slideshow of his hair from, like, when he was 16 to when he was uh, – he was, like, 37 when they did this movie. And so above really? – Yeah. He was that young. I was that old, young? I'm older than Steven Seagal in that. Holy yeah. shit. Um, and so – by the time they filmed this movie, uh, four or five years prior, there was a shot of him, and 
he the his hairline is receded pretty much halfway up his dome. Yeah, he there. was definitely balding and above the law. And then all of a sudden, his next movie, which we're going to talk about, hair, hair actually. Again. What I was surprised to find out, above the law, this movie, Under Siege. I thought it was like he did some good movies, Above the Law, which I thought people liked, uh, which did worse than this movie. Uh, Under Siege, or uh, this movie, and then like Under, or Under Siege, and then this movie. I thought well, no, he, he went did, up and then down. He did Mark for Death after this movie, and then he did Under Siege. Oh, was there another movie in there? Yeah, Mark for Death. Either way. Under Siege was his crowning achievement. That was his biggest movie. That was like his third movie, though. Was that was his fourth movie, because I just told you, Mark, for death. I don't know. I'm t- I saw it in the theaters. Okay. That doesn't mean much. <laughs> All right. I'll believe you. Um, but while he was involved with that marriage... Unlike Steven Seagal, I don't lie. So he's basically cheating on his second wife, or maybe his first... It was his second wife, Arissa Wolf, with Kelly LeBrock, who... With Arissa Wolf, he had two children with. Um, he believes that the mob has a kill order on him. Don't know why. He's never really given too much insight into that. Didn't you just see the movie we're going to cover? Yeah. Does that mean in real life he should have mob connections after Yeah, him? maybe they got nervous. I don't know. That's a good point. I mean, they saw him with that camera, and they're like, this guy. He's got a knack. This guy. This guy. Is that Hyde? <laughs> that yeah, wasn't Hyde. Um... And then, of course, he carries a bag full of candles around with him. Who doesn't? I mean, exactly. Who doesn't? Wow, I got one really, right here. I feel like we're defending him more than we're shitting on him. Well, I mean, you're picking out these great things. I thought you were going to really... I know. I thought I, I thought these were bad points, but the more I read them, well, I'm realizing... What's bad about things. carrying a bag of candles, man? And, uh, I know, guarantee you, if you lost your power and Steven Seagal showed up, you'd be, be like... About yeah, you'd be you're like, right. What Steve, if he didn't bring Steve matches baby. or a lighter with him, though? <laughs> If we just had a bunch of candles, he just then we could rub just two fingers together and uh, sparks ignite. You know what? He probably has some ancient Chinese secret yeah, that he, he can do to get them lit up. You know what's also cool? I mean, nobody like Sean Connery. He broke he broke that fucker's wrist on the uh, during Never Say Never Again. Was, I mean, what was he like a stunt man on that? Or? He was helping Sean Connery learn some martial arts moves, and oh. he broke his fucking wrist. Well, that's fucked up. Yeah. Actually, now that I think about it, I actually like Sean Connery. Who doesn't like Sean Connery? Do you, do yeah. you hate him before this? No. I'm back to hating Steven Seagal. Yeah, I'm kind of back to hating Fuck him, too. Fuck that guy. In fact, there's a lot of reports of him uh, fighting with, you know, like doing some choreography with his stuntmen and everything, and he actually, like, kicks him in the dick just full on. I, I totally believe that. He is, report, like, constantly being reported as a complete dick on the set to just... No limit. I mean, even J- Gene LaBelle. Judo Gene LaBelle? Is that what you're talking about? Yes. I can't say those words together. Judo, Judo Gene, Gene LaBelle, LaBelle. has uh, a story about how Steven Seagal is like, nobody could choke me out. Because he, he really believes he has some kind of like superior spirit and will that nobody can, uh, you know overthrow him, beat, defeat him in any way, feel, or shape, well. or form. Judo Gene LaBelle proved him wrong because he choked the motherfucker out and he shit himself. Yeah, the story goes beyond just exactly <laughs> what we're... <laughs> yeah, he shit himself. But uh, he also had... I mean, I, I, I'm going to say that for later, but what I ended up finding out, because I was like, man, Steven's a guy. I used to like him as a kid. Let's find out some more because all I've heard is shit. 
Well, I ended up falling across the. Some people may be familiar with a Reddit Ask Me Anything. Ask Me Anything. And it's just a forum where celebrities will sometimes chime in and they'll verify themselves. And it gives a, people a chance to ask them questions and he live, you know, re- responds to them. So I'm going to go ahead and read some of those questions here. Do and it. the one to three word answers that Steven Seagal gave to them. <clears throat> Steven, you're my absolute hero. I've watched everything you've ever been in, from Nico to Out for Justice to Exit Wounds to Attack Force to Lawman to getting laughed at in live interviews wearing ballistic glasses to getting accused of kidnap and torture to not being able to fit through doors anymore. My question is, can I suck your dick or watch you fuck my sister? This is a question he didn't answer, and I don't know why he didn't answer that, because... What are you hiding from, Exactly. Steven? Why don't you come out and just say you don't fuck your sister? Does he have a sister? I don't know if he has. No, the guy wanted him to fuck his sister. Oh, yeah, you're right. The guy probably had a sister then. Um, Let's see. What else do we have here? Where did my questions go? I split them up for some reason because I'm an asshole. Uh, nope. Didn't split them up. I should have read my notes further. Uh, <laughs> Prepared as always. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, there's this nice NPR headline about how he is friends with Arizona Sheriff, uses a tank, and Steven Seagal, uh, Arizona Sheriff uses a tank and Steven Seagal to arrest a cockfighting suspect. That sounds appropriate. Yeah, not excessive at all. To no, bust up amount a cockfighting uh... ring. So, the tank crashes over the house's wall, and it's just a bunch of chickens. But he is an advocate for PETA. He's against animal cruelty. Cruelty. It's one of his pet peeves, as he says. But a hundred roosters died in this assault. And a puppy. That sounds like an activist to me. An animal activist. Was this part of that... Remember when he had a show at yeah, Cops? Lawman. Was this, was this the cop show? Yeah, this is a cop show. Oh, okay. I never, he, I never see it, but... I- it, I'm glad we brought this up. This was supposed to be based in, like, Louisiana. Yeah. They shot the whole thing in Arizona. Do you know <laughs> why they shot it in Arizona? Because, I don't know. I noted here Arizona Sheriff. There's a very famous Arizona Sheriff. That Arpaio guy. Joe Arpaio. Yeah. The same Joe Arpaio... That is known as America's toughest sheriff, which, of course, as soon as you say those words, Stephen Seagal gets a huge fucking heart on. Did they explain why they tried to make us think it was from New Orleans? Uh, because was, it, was, it, was New Orleans like the, the most dangerous city in the world at that time or something like that? really wants to build... Like he thinks, was it around Katrina time? I don't remember. It might have been. Bush was still Bush was still in office when that show was on. Okay, and I all I remember about Katrina was it was around that same time. Um, but obviously he's got a huge boner for justice, and we find that out in all of his movies. But he's also really into vigilante justice, which is which we find out in all his movies. Which we find out in all of his movies, but also draws him like a moth to light to Joe Arpaio, who is just this horrible figure. But he despite being a sheriff, is super into vigilante justice. 
and you shouldn't be when you're a sheriff because you should probably follow the law. I mean, this Joe Arpaio is a guy who believes that and still believes and still fights it to this day that Obama, you know, faked his birth certificate. He's still fighting that. Uh, he's been accused of various. I think he went to jail. Nope. He didn't. I thought he did, and he just got pardoned by Trump recently. Exactly. Well, yeah. So he didn't go he's to jail. Convicted. He was, but he was okay. He was convicted. He's convicted. Okay. Uh, for multitude of things, but he's been accused of police misconduct, including abuse of power, misuse, misuse of funds, failure to investigate sex. Basically, crimes. being a Golden Globus cop. He was a Golden Globus cop. He's probably listening to us right now. So, Joe, you're cool with me. But, <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, I'm just so, got to get them downloads, buddy. I mean, even the U.S. Department of Justice concluded that Arpaio oversaw the worst pattern of racial profiling in the U.S. And still to this day, despite costing $146 million in legal fees, settlements, and court uh, awards, Steven Seagal is like, this guy, pretty, pretty all right. And so he hung out with him. He got a tank. He fucking plowed over some animals, a puppy, and was just like, I didn't know they were going to do that. I was just there because I'm a lawman. Yeah, he lost me when he ran over a puppy. You just can't do that, man. No, you shouldn't. So, amongst these questions on the AMA, I don't know why I split it all like this. I'm a fucking asshole. But somebody asked him about uh, when he started because they heard about how he was into blues music. So, they asked him, like, hey, man, you're into blues music. How did you get started? I started playing the guitar in Detroit in the 50s, and I was in an all-black band. I'm going to go ahead and point some facts out here. He was born in 52. Yeah. Okay. He lived in Detroit until 57. Are you saying he couldn't learn how to play the blues at six years old? (laughs) Five. He would have had to learn it by the time he was five. (laughs) But uh, the other fallacy of that is that he lived in Lansing, which, if people aren't familiar, is about 90 minutes, would you say, west of Detroit? I'd say it's farther than that but yeah it's it's a ways away being generous 90 minutes a good glowing globus movie away <sighs> from detroit right you could watch you could listen to one of our podcasts on a trip to lansing <laughs> to from see steven seagal at four years old playing a blues band <laughs> he's a yeah he's a or as he quoted uh said playing on the front porch of you know yeah, yeah that's, well that's the most stereotypical place you play the blues so i guess he pulled that out of his ass but don't don't worry there's more about his blues influence in detroit came up in detroit and there was a lot of blues i didn't learn blues from a fucking record i learned it from the front porch there were all these people from mississippi louisiana and texas i learned them from and his blues credibility continues little milton hadn't heard me play before i was doing this lightning hopkins thing Milton looked at me and nodded like he was trying to say, this mother ain't white. Why? <laughs> That's, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's anybody whiter than Steven Seagal, so I'm calling bullshit on that. So I mentioned that in 57, he lived in Lansing. After he lived in Lansing, he moved to California. He moved to, like, L.A. So sometime between moving to L.A., he apparently moved to the South and learned blues from... No, he learned it from the porch in Detroit. Oh, when he was four. Yeah. But also the Detroit... That well, the Southerners came mis- to him. Okay. Okay, I gotcha. Okay, you're yeah. right. Right. Maybe. I don't know. We probably shouldn't tell Stephen Skull's past. 
Oh, so somebody else asked them, you're clearly into instruments. Do you know any other instruments? Yeah, I grew up playing the drums. <laughs> the drums were the first instrument he learned. So between the ages of zero to five, he learned the guitar in the front porches of Detroit. But also the drums were the first instrument he learned. So what space did he learn that in? These are direct quotes from Steven Seagal. <laughs> I don't know. He can't keep his lies straight, I guess. It's, I that, it's that inspiring that he can't keep it straight. There's so much inspiration to draw from him. He just can't fucking keep track of it. Yeah, I mean, I think he believes he can do anything. I think he really believes that, too. I right. Mean, I mean, that's that's even worse. Like, you know, there's some people that are bullshitters, and you just know they're bullshit. Like, they know they're bullshitters. I think he believes every bullshit thing he says. Oh, absolutely. Do you want to tell us about that SNL skit he wrote? Because apparently he was on an episode of SNL. It, well, it sounds hilarious, first of all. I don't you know why like, this didn't, okay. didn't make it. Make to the, the cut. Yeah. yeah. So apparently he had this idea that he's a therapist, right? And he wanted Victoria Jackson, who was on the cast at the time, to be his patient. He's just been raped. O- already hilarity ensues, right? Oh, boy. <laughs> and then he, he, as a therapist, says, You're going to have to come to me twice a week for like three years. That's how her. And he's and he's explained because that's how fucking therapists work, man. Just trying to get your money. I guess that's the joke. I don't fucking know. And then he says the psychiatrist tries. And then he says the, tra- the psychiatrist I'm on a play is gonna try to have sex with you. So and scene. He's playing the psychiatrist to Victoria Jackson. So he's basically trying to funnel Victoria Jackson, which leads me into the next big. You know. Who who's the the big guy for uh, SNL? I want to say his name is Gene or something, but that's only because Gene. I Ooh. can't remember his name. Like the guy head run, guy. Oh, Lauren Michaels. Lauren, Lauren Michaels. Thank you. Um, people like have said like, God damn, I must have been the worst host. And he's like, No, don't worry. Steven Seagal was the worst. <laughs> I didn't even know he had an episode out there. I, I vaguely it. remember it, but I don't know. I really want to find it. Like it'd be like eighty nine, ninety something. Like what that. I well, yeah, it'd be right, yeah, it'd be like it'd probably be early nineties, yeah, late eighties, early nineties is what I'd expect. But oh. what I read was that he basically didn't make it to any of the skits because he had his own idea and he kept trying to push it, and they were like, no. Like he jumped in the writers' room, wrote up that skit, and was like, "Why don't you guys get funny? That's just funny." But it, it you know. It's not surprising that he thinks that's funny because uh, he's been reported numerous times as um, asking female uh, actresses in his movies to take their tops off for him so he could grow up their breasts. And when they said, like, no, I'm not going to do that, he would argue, you know, well, I got to show you where your spiritual meridian points are. Yeah. You've never showed someone their spiritual meridian points before? I, I haven't. I mean, I don't. Since you're wearing a tank top, I don't need to have you get top. You can just point at it, and I'll right get it right there. Yeah. Oh. Aren't you? How feeling? much pressure should I be applying? Uh. Eggshell. No, a little more than that. A little more than that. Okay. Yeah. Now you feeling it? Like puncture styrofoam type pressure. A little more than that. A little more than that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I see. Okay. Maybe he had something there. Um, but he also claimed that he was looking for lumps. Looking for lumps and in all the wrong places. 
<laughs> I will say to counteract that, there's plenty of reports of him checking dudes for lumps. So this guy was just concerned about cancer. <laughs> he got into Jesus. Because he could, he could probably heal it with his touch. Exactly. He had all that ancient, uh, you Chinese, know. Ancient Chinese secrets. Chinese secrets that he was. Which we learn about in the movie later. Exactly. I heard that Gene LaBelle took offense to him trying to check his testicles for cancer. He's an older gentleman. So we got in there, and he was like, hey, man, I'm going to choke you out. And he's like, I'm just checking, and you can't choke me out. So that's why him and Chuck are such good friends is that he touched Chuck's balls, Chuck Norris, and found out he had cancer. And he's like, Chuck, go get that treated. Boom. Chuck Norris. Wow, I didn't know we almost lost Chuck Norris to ball cancer. Yeah, and you know what? Oh, thank God, Steven. Now I'm back on liking Steven Seagal again. What the (laughs) fuck? You put me on an emotional roller coaster ride. I was hating the motherfucker, then I loved him, I hate him, I love him. Well, before before we get into uh, some uh, more downside... Well, before we get into the reason why you're listening... No. Before we get into the reason why you're listening, we got to get modern with us, Murray. What? His affiliation with a certain figure these who, days. Who? Obama? Not Obama. He hates I like Obama. Ob- oh. oh, okay. Fucking hates him. He feels that he set America back about 90 years. Mm. Okay. Okay? Okay. He's not a racist. <laughs> he just feels that Obama. Did he say that? He quoted, I want to say first, I'm not he, a racist. He, in every one of his quotes, says, I'm not a racist. Oh, yeah. And that says that, that, that tells you right there he's not a racist. He's not a racist. If you bring in every single quote you say with, I'm not a racist, you're probably not a racist, right? Right. Well, uh, he's telling you right there. He is not only good friends with a certain Russian figure, he's also Drago? got... Drago. He's what got a figure? gun named after him in Russia. Okay. The Orsis by Steven Seagal. And how he ended up getting a, uh, uh, a rifle named after him? He's good friends with Vladimir Putin. No. Yeah, man. Why no, do you think? really? Why do you think? This is why he never did a Golan Globus movie. Because Golan Globus never liked the commies. We were oh, yeah. all about fuck Russia. We, okay. just, we just did it last week. Who the fuck was Rostov? He was a Russian. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. You remember? Remember the episode we did a week ago? <laughs> I, I know. I, I was trying to think of what Steven Seagal did last week. And I was like, I really don't know. I haven't been so, there, so Golan Globus knew something. They were on to him from the start. Yeah, it's, it's it's bizarre. Just the fact that he has this connection I'm to Putin. I'm so disappointed because I forgot to tell you this, Griff. Oh, but, no. But uh, I didn't know this, okay? Oh, I didn't boy. know this at the time. I don't know where you're going. But, I don't like you know, it. Merman Industries, oh, we – well, it's a handshake deal, so we can probably get out of it. Mm-hmm. But we are partnering with Steven Seagal. I don't know. Maybe this is like his karma, like – he, he he's friends with fucking Putin. He's a monster, but he's gonna make up for it by being friends with us. So, well, let, go before on. you say anything, Please. let you decide. Anything. Let let's just let the people decide. Okay, let's listen to listen to the little commercial we did. Okay, fellas, do you feel like you'll never get that big promotion? Are you upset that you may never find that special someone? Are you worried that you're not living up to your full potential? Well, worry no longer, because the Nang Chen Tale is here for you. But what is the Nang Chen Tale? 
The Nang Chen tail is a hairstyle similar to a ponytail, but oh so much more. Made popular by screen legend and martial arts Zen master Steven Seagal, the Nang Chen tail is the key to true self-actualization. The Nang Chen tail commands respect in any room it enters and is considered an aphrodisiac the world over. That's why we at Merman Industries are proud to announce our partnership with Zen master Steven Seagal to bring you the Nang Chen Hair Club for Men. Named after the spirited Tibetan stallion, the Nang Chen tail's history is shrouded in mystery. Some Asian scholars believe its origins began circa 400 BC with the Buddha himself, who immediately shaved it off because even he felt no man, no matter how enlightened, could control the immense power within. Apparently, he never met Steven Seagal. Zen Master Seagal unearthed the secrets of the Nang Chen tale in a pilgrimage to Tibet many years ago and harnessed its powers to become the greatest actor of our time. And now, he's ready to share those powers with you. Now you're probably thinking, why can't I just grow my own Nang Chen tail? <laughs> a person doesn't simply grow a Nang Chen tail, a person becomes one with it. Made from the hair of the rare reclusive Mongolian muskrat for that trademark oily sheen, and infused with ancient Tibetan herbs and spices, the Nang Chen tail is bonded to the scalp, while Buddhist monks chant over you in a ten-session process for the bargain price of $249.99 a session. And at the end of said process, each client is shown a genuine video tutorial from Zen Master Seagal himself on the proper care and maintenance of their Nang Chen tail free of charge. The Nang Chen Hair Club for Men is the answer to all life's problems, but don't take my word for it. Listen to some testimonials from our satisfied customer. Hey dear, Hydrophil here to tell you about the Nang Chen tail. The hot dog industry, as we all know, is one of the most cutthroat businesses out there. It's truly dog-eat-dog, if you pardon the pun. I never thought I'd uh, have the confidence to open even one of my own hot dog carts. Now, thanks to the Nanchang Tail, I destroyed all the competition in the greater areas that I forget that I even operate in. Thanks, Nanchang Tail Hair Club for Men. How about this one from legendary dead WWF manager Paul Bear? Before the Nanjing tail, I couldn't get ladies to even give me a second glance. Now I'm drowning in Poonzang. Thanks, Nanjing Hair Club for Men. So what are you waiting for? Stop being a chump and start being a champ. Harness the power within with a Nanjing tail. And by the way, I'm not only the spokesman for the Nanjing Hair Club for Men. I'm also a client. Now, Griff, I couldn't help but notice you almost jealously looking at my new Nang Chen tail. I, I'm enamored. I'm completely like baffled by it. I, I thought I knew what freedom was felt like before, but Griff, I have a whole new meaning. The word freedom to me now. I I've been freeballing it, and I thought I felt free, but I look at you, and you're clearly feeling far more free than i, I know do. it's crazy man i just feel like a new person you look so, like a new person what's going you. on well you know how i liked on the weekends i like to ride my harley around like with my native american friend puking bear you remember <laughs> puking bear yeah you, you've met puking bear you remember him have you i him? i i believe he introduced himself to me as pb 
Oh, okay. So well, I thought well, he's he was a great guy. I he thought he just called himself yeah, peanut butter. He's a great guy. He he has a beautiful mullet to begin with. I I, I don't know. I, I so he didn't need to do the Nang. I'm chat. sorry. I knew I I know a better mullet. And Dennis, our friend Dennis. <laughs> so when I saw his mullet, I wasn't quite like <laughs> just completely like blown okay. away by okay. it. I'm sorry. PB's got a great mullet, but Dennis has the mullet for me. Anyway, please. Anyways, I'm so sorry. we, you know, we like to just get, we get. We, it's about freedom, dude. And it when is. you got the Nang Chan, it's flowing in the breeze. We're dude. in America, and if you're not expressing your freedom in every fucking moment, you're doing it wrong. That's. I'm glad you said that because I think the Nang Chan tale is an expression of my freedom. I I agree. You probably like. It's almost like an American flag blowing back there when I'm uh, on the, the Harley. The only my hog, I call it. I don't know if you've done a photo shoot over the Grand Canyon where you're just looking into it like this is the vastness of my freedom. You know, I, I wouldn't understand. I don't understand. Until I see that photo, I wouldn't. Well, you might need to. I'm not. I'm pushing it on you, but you might need to get a Nang Chan. But let me continue my story. Okay, please. I'm sorry. So I'm at sorry. first, it was just about just being out on the road, the open road. Okay. You know, we go, I, we all, we drive around all like northern Michigan, the UP, that's like Upper it. Peninsula like for you it. non-Michiganders. Mm. Just feeling free and being mm. free. Free. But I noticed like once I got the Nang Chen, like I felt like that it wasn't enough being free. I had to help other people be free. So basically what me, it's only on the weekends because we, I got I got to do the fucking podcast during the week. We, we put a lot of effort into this. Yeah, I'm working on this thing like yeah. eight, nine hours a day, man. Yeah. And I got a job on top of it. Yeah, we both. I don't sleep. Dude. But I don't need to thanks to the Nang Chen Tail. Wait, I'm sorry. The Nang Chen the Nanjing tail allows you to not sleep and feel. It helps. I mean, I, I, I'm over exaggerating. I have to. I have to go into a meditative state for like two hours a week. Okay. <laughs> oh. Okay. So in a 24 hour day, I don't remember how that equates out to a week. But in a 24 hour day, how long do you? Would you say you sleep? No, I go. I go like six, six and 22 hours, being awake. Six. And then I do six days. <laughs> 22 hours. Oh, okay. And I do the two-hour meditation, okay. which, you, which you, if you'll get that. Well, I don't want to go too much into the process. Sure, because sure. Because you – Zen Master Seagal, as he tells me to call him that. But I will say this. It's a 10-session ten, ten process. 10 sessions. Wow, 10. The first wow. two are just about the history of the Nang Chen okay. tale. Okay. So you just, you just learn about it because you have to respect it, man. It's not just like it's a hairstyle. It's a way of life. Yeah. And so you learn about that, and then you have this bonding process. I'm not going to go into that. That's just, I, that's I really don't want to know about the bonding process. And then the final the session, the you, you don't get to meet Zen Master Seagal. You get a videotape, and he just tells you some words of encouragement. Okay. And he's like, look, it's kind of a Spider-Man thing. Great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, of course. So he naturally. teaches you what to do Thank God with it, how to maintain it. And I really appreciated it because it really helped me. Because now, instead of just enjoying my freedom by myself and my buddy Puking Bear, we will like, if there's, say there's like a little town being run by a corrupt cop or something. We like much like Renegade yeah. the TV show, we Love help it. people. We like stop that shit. Yeah, you know. In fact, in fact, they call me. You know, how Renegade was called Reno. Yeah, they call me Saginaw. That's like my on the road. Oh, name. that's very mi- okay. 
Well, uh, yeah. We're pretty uh, much all Michiganders here listening yeah, at I this mean, moment. But, yeah. yeah, that's very it Michigan. It comes Saginaw. So, I, uh, uh, I've also been quite familiar with the phrase Saginasty. I haven't heard of that. Yeah. I, uh, I throw that around a lot. Saganasty. <laughs> Are you done ruining my story? I'm sorry. So anyway, <laughs> we go around, you know, if there's good deeds that need, we're kind of like the A-team, you know, if there's good I deeds that it. need to be done, we do them, we don't accept any payments. Love them. And then we come home and, you know, we just, we, uh, helping people is payment enough. So I cannot express okay. more how we, you, I know Steven Seagal sounds like a piece of shit. I get that. But there's another side to him. And I think you, I think you need it to. I, I, look, I'm not f- embarrassed to admit I'm getting up there in age. I'm in my 40s now. My yeah. hair is getting a little thin and back now. As soon yeah. as I got the Nang Chin tail, it all grew back, Griff. I have a full head of hair now. God damn! I don't have to wear hats anymore. Can I? I can just let the Nang Chin tail flow. I. It really does flow. I gotta admit. I know. It's like I sleek. would love to see you in a convertible with that. Just. So would I. Just flowing back there. I can't. I can't see myself, but I would like to. I just, I really. Could you, like, drive next to me with a mirror and I could see myself? Absolutely. I would do that okay. for you. Um, you know what? Just this imagery of thinking of you driving and me holding that mirror has got my brain blanked out here. I would love to see <laughs> that. I, I'm sorry to hear that you had, like, some kind of confidence issue, but I'm glad to hear no, that I you mean, had an easy I, solution. I, I I had confidence, but I this is like super confidence. I don't even know. It's a Seagal confidence. I don't know. So this is like walking to NATO, slap him with your dick, and be like, yes. America, fuck yes, I confidence. I fully believe that if there was a situation where there was a bomb, I could, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, def- defuse the bomb. <laughs> I could. Okay. I think I could do that. I've never. I have no idea what bombs I, are I'm about. Sorry. I don't know anything. You think you could do it? Well, you're. Uh, you're, well, you're uh, being modest. Yeah, I don't. Well, yeah, I don't want to. I don't. When I look at you, I don't see. I think I could defuse a bomb. <laughs> I see. I could defuse a bomb <laughs> while pleasuring fourteen of my attractions and also drinking a Red Bull, or you know, I, you're otherwise. right. I was being modest. I'm I could sorry. do all of that. I you're being Thanks. modest. That's great of you to be modest. You're being very unlike Steven Seagal, who's very unmodest. I'm gonna go ahead and allow the audience, the vocal, the, the verbal audience, to know. I'm narrating this for you. I'm being the the. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I don't know either. <laughs> but all I can say is, give it a shot. Try it out. Yep. See where it goes. Nang chain tail, man. Nang Chantel. It's so sleek. It's so powerful. I know. It's just... God, man. I really don't like... know. Like, you don't even have to wear the chaps, and you're just oozing dominance. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry if you... Uh, I don't mean to intimidate you if you are intimidated. I'm a little... I thought I was the intimidating one here in my tank top, <laughs> but no. You come in with that, and you're just like... Every once in a I while, know. you turn sometimes, a bit. Sometimes I, I, I get a little too cocky. I'm just, I know I like flicking around too much. It's I don't mean new. to do that. It's too new. Yeah, it is right. Uh, you know, you'll you'll. I'll I'll grow into it, and I'm gonna help you grow into it. I'm gonna I'm gonna like tell you like mm, knock it down. But Murray, we've talked about your fucking Nang Chin tail long enough, and it's great. I'm sorry, but Thank we gotta you. talk about. Well, you want to talk about a great Nang Chin tail? 
Steven Zen Master Seagal. Sensei Seagal. <laughs> well, he's Zen Master to me. Okay, Sensei to Seagal. He to me. is rocking the greatest Nang Chen tail. If you if you guys are curious, you're like what the fuck are they talking about? Watch Hard to Kill, and you will get the perfect sample of what the Nang Chen tail is. Watch ninety percent of his movies, and you'll get a good idea. Yes, but this was the birth of it. He, he did didn't... not have it in Above the Law. Oh, my God. It was God. just scraggly. Like, he was, it was a baby Nang Yeah, no, Chen. I get it. Where he probably had it slicked back really hard. Yeah. But yep. it was just dangling there. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because, you see, I Under Siege, I think he had it. Yes, he did. Okay, so you see. This is the birth of the Nang Chen. I, yeah, okay. So. So, and that's probably the only thing worth watching. Cause this movie fucking sucks, by the, the way. I, no, sorry, no. This movie is very okay. It's entertaining, but it's like it's. I'm, I'm, I just want to say, like, we're all laughing at Steven Seagal, right? Like, we nobody thinks Steven Seagal's really cool, do we? Eight year old Griff thought he was cool for a week. Okay, and that was eight year. Eight year old Griff was fucking stupid as shit. Wow. So just, I'm just saying. I'm putting it in place for a week, but you were smart enough after a week to know that he's he's a piece of shit. You know what? It was. It took a week, and then I went right back. I cannot on. believe you betrayed JCVD for this guy. Like you if see, he came before JCVD, I'd go. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, I repented hard though. Like after that, I went out, got my hoop earring, <laughs> legitimately got my hoop earring in the second grade. So and there's photo evidence of that. So I went out and got my. I was back on the JCVD wagon after a week, maybe Good. two weeks. I it didn't take me long to be like Steven Seagal's a fucking asshole. Yeah, and I I just want to first off apologize to any to Chuck Norris himself and any of his fans because I know like on our first episode we just fucking ripped on Chuck Norris and said how much he sucked and he couldn't yeah. deliver a line. He's fucking Lawrence Olivier next to Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal has the worst fucking one-liners in this movie, and he can't deliver them for shit. What I do, oh, God damn, we, we're taking forever to get in this. What I do really <laughs> appreciate about Steven Seagal is every aspect of this movie, you get that feeling of, you know, and this is what we love about these types of movies. Everybody involved, or at least the main actor here in Steven Seagal, really believes in this movie. He, A little too much. Exactly. This is why we love our samurai cops, our uh, the rooms, and this movie. He really thinks he's making something powerful, something that's gonna like get down in you and probably find the median area of your chi or whatever the fuck he used to tell people when he yeah. groped them. So, I I appreciate it for that, but no, he's a fucking horrible person. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to argue that. So, so let's get into the movie, Griff. Of course, he's not only involved with a corrupt politician and Putin, but in this movie, his main enemy is a corrupt politician, and we find him in the opening scene on a dock. Cut no- to 1983. 1983, the great 19, 19- when he still had hair. Yes, and he dressed exactly the same. Exactly the same, which is usually like a button-up and a jacket. And a vest. And yeah. a vest, yeah. With like a gaudy like print on it. It's the only thing he wore that like fit him kind of well. I don't think, yeah, that wasn't even that well. That wasn't that well either. Um, yeah, so he's like on a stakeout. He's got the the thing, the like like a tape recorder, video recorder. Yeah. And he's got, but what's the, what's the thing? It's like. 
it's like a microphone thing where you can hear people from yeah, like far away. I, I, I wouldn't know what to call it, but it, it is like a special directional mic where it like amplifies, like, you know, it's for getting a far away audio. And of course, you know, in all movies, all illegal business happens at the docks. Docks. It's got to be the docks. So we see the mob guys, classic, mamma mia, totally stereotypical <laughs> mafia guys. What's like, oh, forget about it. Yeah, me, yeah. And we see the shady character. We don't. We just see a silhouette. We don't see who this, this guy is. We don't even know who this guy is. No. But Steven Seagal knows who this guy is. We don't is. know a character in this movie yet. No. We, Steven Seagal is good and they're yes. bad. So they're talking and this guy's like, look, the senator's got to die because I can't wait. I got to yeah. be senator. And he's like, and then Steven's like, yeah, we got this guy because he knows who this guy is. We still don't know. And then did he mention then, like, okay, uh, he, was, he was councilman or something like that. That was like his... He was some kind of political figure in it the It was community. like a minor, yeah. It was like... Uh, Steven doesn't know at this point. He's too stupid to know. <laughs> and he says this, this, this phrase that will haunt us for the for rest, the rest of, the, of the, movie. the movie. He says, I'll look out for you guys, and you can take that to the bank. Take it to the bank. And then, and then I guess what Steven's called drop something like a cat. You know, it's one of the cliche things, yeah, like something. He's like hiding behind some crates or something, bullshit, and he like bumps into something, makes a ruckus, and he's like, "Yo, Luigi, check that out!" <laughs> and then the guy's like, "All right, boss, I do that." Poor and Luigi. Then, and then Luigi gets, of course, fucked up immediately by by Mason Storm. Great, that is a great that is a action movie. Star I kind of do name. like that name, Mason Storm. And they're like, "Hey, what?" What's going on? Mamma mia, what are you doing? I got pasta to get to. And then Councilman uh, Trent, Vernon Trent, he turns around. He finally comes into the light, and we get a good shot of him with, yeah. his, with, with, uh, with Mason's camera. Yep. And he's like, I got this fucker. Yep. And he's like, get that guy. He's got to die. So then he, he escapes, gets in his car. Like I got this guy. I got my tape, my cassette tape. Yep. I got I got, I got the he, video. He, I got the he audio. Kills poor Luigi. Pops into his car. I don't car. know if he kills him. But he fucks no, him off. Okay, you're right. I think he just fucked him off. So so he goes to the back to the police station. Of course, I gotta to let everybody you know. I was around in 1983, so this is very accurate. Everybody was fucking obsessed with the Oscars that year. We were all like, is Ben Kingsley going to win for Gandhi? I don't fucking know. Right. But we, so, so all the cops are talking about is right. the fucking Oscars. You're so like, the fucking Senator Hopeful is all like, uh, where that son of a bitch is, I don't want to live him another year old or another hour older. And so that's where we left. And then we get Steven Seagal going into a liquor store. And of oh, course, you know, I can't believe I forgot that whole scene. But of course, anyone listening can realize I forget because I forget a whole scene and yeah. everything we cover. Well, I thought that you were leading in that because oh. he's. Steven's call, Mason Storm, is obsessed with the Oscars and he walks yeah. into that liquor store and he's just like, hey, liquor man, <laughs> how about the Oscars? And the guy's like, what do I look like? Some kind of fucking shit? And. You know, Steven's just like, ha ha ha. I mean, the Oscars are great. <laughs> Why? He's like, I got a movie right here every yeah. day. Well, I pay $5. I got it right here. And he, like, scans to his security cameras, yeah. and he's like, rape, incest, <laughs> murder. It's like, all these ha- things are happening in your tiny... Their yeah. liquor store is smaller than my house. 
And you can see everything. And Mason Storm, the cop, is like, whatever, I'm off the, I'm off the clock. Yeah. Where's your champagne? <laughs> yeah, right next to the caviar. <laughs> <laughs> so then, of course, some thugs come in yeah. right out of central casting. You know, yep. And they're like, hey, man, give me your money. And, and Mason's like, I don't know, Mason's just like. He's just playing I'm, cool. I'm, yeah, he's just like, I'm not going to. Thugs, I kicked. Not worth it. it. They're not even worth the sweat off my nang chin. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they just shoot the fuck. Yeah, they're like for no reason. The guy, I think the guy was gonna give him money, and they just. Sh- oh no, he goes like you no. motherfucking kids, and he like grabs like a uh, like, uh, bat baseball, or some baseball, shit. Bat. baseball bat. Yeah, and he gets this fucking blown away by these guys. And they're like, <laughs> Steven Seagal's like, okay, I guess I gotta fucking fuck Got some it. shit up. Yep. So he he just like. Walks up to the one guy with the gun, and he's like, you only got one shot left there, dude. What are you going to do with it? Well, he, first he fucks up the two other guys, right? No, no, no. This is before he even starts fighting them. He walks up to the guy who killed the clerk, and he okay. walks up to the guy with the gun, with the double-barrel shotgun, and he's just like, you got one shot left. And that's when he starts fucking him up, because okay. he... Butts the gun all the oh, yeah, right. And he starts chopping. And, of course, we get the first cut of some... Like, all of his action shots are just close-ups of things, like, snapping. <laughs> so he gets, like, the one guy... And I watched today a video of recent him, like, practicing Aikido on people. And, like, it's mostly just people, like, he taps position on his body for them to attack. <laughs> And then he just, like, grabs her hand and, like, does stuff. And that yeah. was exactly what happened in this. Right. It's well, then, yeah, ups. and then there's one guy left with a knife, and he's like, you think you're so tough? Here, I'm going to I'm gonna get down on my knees. Mm-hmm. Come on, take me out. And, of course, the guy eventually gets the, I mean, he's seeing his, guy, his friends get killed, basically. Yeah. He's scared as shitless. But he's Every, like, I can take out a guy on his knees with a knife. No, you can't, motherfucker. Yeah. Taken totally out by, by uh, Mason. Right. It, it, again, everything about this movie is going to be just self-indulging to Steven Seagal. Yeah. This, yeah. So him getting on his knees and like, I'll make it fair for you. <laughs> like everything he does is just insulting everybody, no matter what. And so, yeah. So he he gets his victory. He gets the yeah. big V. And of course, two in one night. Yeah. What's the well, other? He got one? the victory. The video yeah, tape. He got okay, the video I'm tape. sorry. And uh, he walks so, out, and of course the cops are there. And they're like, "Hey, point. man, did you see the Oscars?" <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> "The Oscars are only thing he has on his mind." <laughs> yeah. Don't they? Well, they say something about <laughs> they. They tell him. Uh, Looks like you won the Oscar won tonight, the, Mason yeah. Star. <laughs> and he's so, like, "I gotta go fuck my wife. I'm out of here." So, so he is, but doesn't he hand off the cassette tape to somebody, the, his friend or something? No, he calls his buddy. Oh, buddy O'Malley. He, call, he calls his one buddy. He has a partner cop, and no, it's not. It's not that cop. He oh, talks to a different the black one. guy. The black guy, yeah, who's also really obsessed with the Oscars. Yeah, he did. He he did ask him about the Oscars because he's he? like, and yeah, and that's the thing, and then. Yeah, so he's so obsessed with the Oscars that the call gets forwarded over to another guy. But we don't know. This is a crooked cop. Isn't that it? No. What? He talks to his buddy who actually is good, but he gets killed immediately. 
I don't remember that at all. <laughs> yeah, no, he calls in. He, I thought he got killed at the same time that that Mason gets attacked. He does. But well, whatever. Somebody who's a crooked cop gets the. Oh, he listens in on them. Yeah, no. Okay. There's two dudes listening in okay. and talking to the black cop. One of them, who we last saw in our very first episode here in the Terror, amazing mullet. Not as amazing here. This is a baby mullet. I'm sorry, I can't remember his name ever, but I should. I love this guy. Yeah, pa- Renegade's partner. Renegade's partner. He's one of them, and. If you look really closely, I, I believe the other one is, or I, he, I know he's one of the henchmen. I don't know if he's this henchman. Hank from Breaking Bad is in this movie. Fuck, I, I still don't Little more hair, him. little less poundage, yeah. but it's Hank. I still don't recognize him. I got to watch it again to see It that. was Hank. I know that for sure. I looked. I looked it up. I was like, that looks like Hank. Oh, wow. Okay. It is him. So we get, you know, he's called this cop. He's reported it. He's still got the tape to himself. But he's got to pop in his car. And, of course, what do you do after you just murdered, like, a gang of five people? Who, do, who, who would you listen to? Uh, I, would, I don't know about you. I would listen to Chuck Mangione. Yeah, Chuck Mangione. He's the, the fucking trumpet. Everybody in 83 was That's also what Mangione. I get pumped up when I'm, you know, ready to plow. So he's going to be go- – he's full of energy right now. He's going to go home well, and like, plow. He's just pumped, man. He's just like yeah. adrenaline rush. Well, yeah, definitely. And Chuck Mangione. So, of course, White like kid. his kid can't sleep because he's such a, his dad's such a hero. He's yeah. just like, I can't wait for dad to get home. This guy's amazing. His whole family, everybody in this movie is just waiting for Mason Storm to enter their life <laughs> to live again. Yeah. And so his family are both awake waiting for him. And, of course, I mean, and we're not spoiling anything. You know the family's fucking dead. So we have, to have, <laughs> we have to have a scene first where we show the love he has for his kid. Oh, my God. So we have this nice, adorable scene where they do the old Lord's Prayer before he goes to bed. Yeah. Which, when you really think about it, is really fucking morbid. Because it's about dying in your sleep. Yep. And but this- he does it. It's adorable, you know. And then he's like... And then he's like, I got time to. F-. He doesn't say it, but he's he's like, time to fuck he your thinks, mom, kid. And the kid's in it. on it. The kid was like, I got yeah, you. Yeah, no, dad. there was a winking moment between <laughs> the two of them where he even je- kind of gestures like his finger going up and, <laughs> you know, gets the hand out there to represent the vagina. I don't know why he's teaching his kid that much. I don't know why his Gotta kid learn. respects him so much, but. <laughs> Whatever. So, and then, so he goes to the room. Before, before he goes to the room, he passes by this beautiful sketch mm. of the family, him, the wife, and kid. I wish, you know, I, I try to post, like, very, just random pictures from our movies onto our Instagram. I wish I could get a good <laughs> shot of that portrait, but it's always out of focus. Uh, and it sucks. Beautiful, though. Because it's wonderful. It's the three of them. And... I mentioned this at the top of the hour. He's about to fuck his wife in this movie. And by wife, I mean acting wife. His real wife at the time, Callie Littlebrock, is in the movie. Yeah. But he's about to fuck a different woman. Can you start us off on this wonderful scene? You've laid the sun to sleep, probably to die. Let's get into the wife and uh, Seagal. Just yeah, kinda... it's like it was weird because this scene is like Chuck Mangione's on the brain. Man. It's a lot steamier and more nudity filled than the scene he has with his real life wife later on. There is so much groping 
Like his hand, butt palming—that's his thing. Dude. Butt palming—it's getting into crevices that probably a person that's not your wife wants you going into. Right, and tops are coming off. I think yeah. you get some side boob you at get that a little time. Side boob. Thankfully, you get no nudity from Stephen. He you stays close. You get some side Nang Chen though. <laughs> you do. Well, that's another thing, and I hate to just harp on Nang Chen, but so amazing women. Cannot stop fondling the Nang guys. Yeah, no, you want to get you want to get some. Get a Nang Chen yeah, because exactly. I was going to say you're not harping on it. You're <laughs> fucking singing its praises. Yes, because she can't keep her fucking no. hand off his Nang Chen. Nobody She's fondling the shit out of it. Nobody can resist that. Like seriously, every character. Like the big line is, I'm going to take it to the bank. Every character that passes by Mason Storm. Is taking it to the spank bank. I mean, seriously, they pass by that by Mason Storm, and they're just like, "Oh, goddamn!" <laughs> seriously, we're getting. I got to figure sometimes he has to like put it in the collar of his shirt because he just he's got to get shit done. You yeah, know? exactly. It's the whole mullet philosophy of party uh, in the back, you know, business in front, and that sometimes you just need business, so you got to put it away. It's right. too powerful. So we're kind of getting, at this point, we're kind of getting a split screen because we're seeing the bad guy's getting ready. He's going to be dead in an hour. Well, we see, first we see his black partner get killed. He gets blown yes, away. Yes, you're right. This is and where then, he gets killed. But even though he's right in the height of passion, he taps into his samurai sixth sense and he hears the guy put on some rubber gloves. He hears yes. a snap. Of course you would in the hallway. <laughs> Stretch it out nine and a half <laughs> inches, and then right let over it to Chuck Mangione that's blasting right <laughs> So he just leaps off the bed. They bust in, and then did he get shot almost immediately? Dude, I'm sorry. Steven puts the tape in a hidden compartment in well, his he, kitchen. Well, no, he puts the camera in a hidden compartment. Yeah. I don't know what I forget what happened. The tapes to the tape. in the camera. No, no, no. Because I remember. His his friend has the tape. I think he gave it to the black guy. It's not in there. I'm positive. No, no I'm positive. No. That, I'm positive no. that the fucking tape. You know what it is? The tape is in his car. The the. I'm positive the, that the, 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 the that the audio tape is not in there. The, the audio tape place. might be, but the videotape. Videotape, yes, I agree. Okay, with you. okay. Tape, no, I'm sorry. We're going in right. various directions here, but the videotapes in. He has a secret compartment. It's not a secret compartment. What it is is, like, some houses, they'd have, like, an ironing board. It's like a Murphy bed. Yeah. And he puts it up there. It becomes a secret compartment. Yes. So these thugs come in, and you're right. They immediately start shooting. <laughs> so he wakes, you know, he pops right out of bed because he's fucking his wife. And he's like, Mom! <laughs> And I they, thought it was like motherfuckers. Yeah, like it was something like that. And he gets shot with a shotgun three times. And yeah, gets up. Wife only takes one shot. She's pretty weak. She dies immediately. <laughs> he takes three close range, like within five feet, shotgun blasts. <laughs> like sh- uh, hearts on the left side, so like right side. <laughs> but he gets shot like three times with a shotgun blast, right. and, and it's and just and like, that barely oh. takes him now the power of the Nang Chen, man. It's power just, of the Nang Chen. You know, and so his kid, kid hears this, runs out. Like, you know. I, what's that fucking mom so loud? And he's like, oh shit! Yeah. So the kid, <laughs> the kid, he is used to that fucking loudly because <laughs> because even he's got, he's got earplugs on. <laughs> Mason Storm is so Wait. just like uh, his, emotion, like 
sensitive about so, his uh, man. man I, and oh. I, I love how his son is called Sonny. That's his name. Yeah. So that's Sunny the only Storm, name he could think of. Sunny Storm, because he's probably a junior. Because Mason is such a fucking narcissist, he has to name everything after himself. Yeah. So Sonny goes, "Whoa, shit! I'm out of here!" So he just leaps out the window of his, his two story house, runs away. We so we never see Sonny. Till like an hour later in the movie. As far yeah. as we know, he's got. He, yeah. Uh, who knows? He's living Mason, off the streets. Mason's dead. Well, presumed dead. We know he's not dead. It's right. 10, uh, 10 minutes into the movie. He's not dead. <laughs> so, of course, you know, we've got the kid running away. Wife's clearly dead. Mason's throwing presumed dead. We're going to go to a fucking hospital now where everyone's just yeah. like, this is the greatest cop I've ever known. Seriously, right. the narcissism doesn't <laughs> stop. Well, yeah. It's like, the thing is, a normal person would be dead. So and then we meet O'Malley, who's a friend of uh, him. He's not his partner. He's a friend, and he works in internal affairs. Yeah. And everyone's like, hey, man, looks like Mason's going to die. He's like, you motherfucker. He pins the guy to the wall. He's yeah. like, that's the greatest guy who ever lived. He, the guy tells him, they always said Storm was superhuman. Guess it was because of the coke. Oh, we forgot to mention. Yeah. yeah they plant cocaine at his yeah, house. Yeah, after they kill kill him. They plant a bunch of coke in his house, and it's in like, it's in like garbage bags. It's not even like, yeah, it, it's a. So bad they want to frame it to look like you yeah, know you and, dip, you know. And like you mentioned, the one, the one cop who's in love with him because ninety yeah, percent of the people are in love with Mason Storm. Yeah, he, he's just and so that, that guy had more guts than the whole department <laughs> put together. <laughs> so a doctor comes out to O'Malley and goes, "Everyone, anyone else would be dead from this, but this motherfucker's alive." Yeah. Most unstoppable son of a bitch <laughs> I ever knew. Well, he got stopped tonight. <laughs> so Mally, being a total fuck up, this comes right in the operating room, pushes people aside. Yeah. Like, I have to hold my friend's hand. Yeah. They're like, we're still working on him, asshole. And he's like, I don't give a shit. And he, so he goes up to the, the, the doctor. He's like, who else knows this? Nobody, just the people working here. Yeah, you failed to mention that. At this point, they tell him, like, everybody is scattered, but his buddy's there. And so they tell him, like, hey, you know, they had said he died. And then they tell his buddy he's alive, actually. And he's right, like, yeah. I'm sorry, you didn't, you didn't mention that. So, Not that the plot's important to this movie. <laughs> no, it's, it's very little plot. So he's like, keep it that way. I want you to put him, because he's, like, in a coma. I don't know, maybe it was a medically induced coma. I don't know. But he's like... You hide him away. There's crooked cops. There's all this shit. No one must know that Mason Storm survived. Yeah. So. So cut to seven years later. Seven. 1990. And we've get. Nobody cares about the Oscars at this time. Yeah. No one gives a shit anymore. Like best coma in a movie possible. Like there's a reason. And I'm sorry. I got to go back on this. There's a reason that he was obsessed with the Oscars. Because Steven Seagal had. A lot of suggestions for the Oscars, and I found I found all of his uh, uh, letters because this was the time before emails. He strongly wrote these letters. Are you saying the Academy of Arts and Sciences snubbed Steven Seagal on several new categories that I feel like are important today? Can I? Do you mind? Not at I'm all. I'm going to read some of these categories he suggested, which I feel like are important. <laughs> Best, Best cough. Aikido demonstration. I'd give it to him. Okay, yeah. In 1990, you'd give it to him. 
But could you feel like? Do you feel like that'd be a category good today? Well, there's not. I've I've always said there's not enough Aikido in movies. Okay. So, but if this category existed, there'd be a one Aikido movie every year. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Best lover sex. We already saw the best sex. Scene. Yeah. This would belong to this movie. It doesn't matter if you're a drama or anything. It belongs to this movie. There's so much emotion. There's that painting. <laughs> so much uh, love. Greasiest ponytail. Who else could you give it to? Who else? And I'm sorry, I, I used think. the. You know, he wrote it in his ponytail because I think he wanted to like appeal to a larger crowd. Because most people don't understand Nang Chang Tao. Yeah, it was well, like like the commercial said, it was shrouded in mystery at yeah. the time. Yeah, but, so yeah. he introduced the Western world to the Nang Chang. I believe, I believe the Oscar committee would have realized Nang Chang is a better form of a ponytail. Well, you got to remember, in 1990, there wasn't a lot of diversity yeah. and inclusiveness and that was too Asian for them. Yeah. They were just like He was no. trying to break that wall for Yeah, them. he well he does everything first. Exactly. I'm we're going back and forth on Seagal here. I can't <laughs> figure it out. Yeah. Well, I mean I kinda want I wanna like him. He's a business partner of mine right now, but I, the Putin thing, I don't know. So these kind of come up a little later in the movie. I'm gonna save one for uh, our next subject here, but he had the best montage. Without a doubt. He did a dual mo- I've never seen this before. He did dual. a dual montage. There was a healing montage worked in with a training montage. Dude. I've never seen that before. It's so good. And we're going to get into that in a minute. We're going to break that fucker down. But before we get into that, the next category he suggested, best coma recovery. So we got to him in the hospital, and he's got, at this point, Someone's grooming his beard, but yes. he's got a big goatee going yes. now. He had no facial hair before. It's he's got kind a big of like goatee. a shorthand to let you know time has passed. And so he's got his, crazy ass. The Nang Chen is loose here. Nang Chen is yeah. loose. He's got the hair flowing because yeah. he really wants you to feel like he has a full head of hair. Yes. And, of course, he's got a nurse who's super into him. Super his hot old, nurse that, like, God, like, I, I, I could be going on dates, but I'm so attracted to this yeah. guy in a coma. His own real life wife <laughs> Kelly LeBrock and so she's got an assistant and the assistant when we meet them is like your boyfriend is showing some signs or something like that <laughs> and she's just like oh is he is she British yes okay okay I thought I thought maybe he was just like pretend to be British in this no she's really British. okay so of course Throughout the coma, we see her like going over to him and be like, "Oh my God, please wake up!" Here, I brought you a little pussy, and then she puts a kitten on his head. Yeah, oh, that's the kind, that, that's what he. I bet you, I bet you, Steven Seagal wrote that. Steven Seagal is not credited as a writer for this movie, but there's definitely punch up from yeah, Steven Seagal. You know yeah. There has to be, and of course. That's not the only thing. Like, she also takes a little peek. Like, she probably washes him because they got to be sponge bathed. And right. She, you yeah. know, she probably does that. But she just can't help herself. She grabs the little <laughs> kitten and then she grabs the midsection of the blanket and lifts it. And her eyes just get <laughs> wide. Yeah. I, I kind of think Steven Seagal wrote this scene. Why? Why? Why would you think that? Is it? 
a little self-indulging or narcissistic at all? It's a tiny bit self-indulgent that you have a woman exclaiming how amazing your dick is and how you need to come out of this coma because you have yeah. so much to offer. Yeah. You have so much to offer the world. Please. <laughs> <laughs> she actually said the world? Yeah. Oh, my God. What a piece of shit. Oh, my God. So Steven Seagal There's no way anybody but Steven Seagal wrote that line. If Steven Seagal didn't write that scene, I don't know who did because who is that obsessed with Steven Seagal's dick where they're like, we need to have that scene. So she goes away, and then this this goes back to what we were talking about earlier. The most amazing acting scene I've ever seen. Okay. Steven oh. Seagal starts coming out of his coma. Coma. Oh my god. So he's having he's he's having these flashbacks to the murder of his wife and it, Yeah, if I could make a gif, I'd make a gif for everybody for uh, this. You you ha- you have to watch this scene at least. If you don't watch these movies, you should be watching these movies. But if oh, you're not this is watching, an easy one to get you through. Got to watch this scene because it's so fucking ridiculous. He's like he looks like he's having a seizure. Yep. And then he, he just comes out. And then so then the uh Andy Stewart is the name of the nurse. That's her character's name. Andy yeah, Andy. Stewart. I remember Andy. That's about it. So she comes. She she's like, oh, oh, oh. This is this is not what a shitty nurse she is. She's just sitting there like at the desk where they work. The fucking uh, heart rate thing's going fucking crazy. Nuts. And she's just like, huh, 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 huh. And then he like rips it off, like at, you know. And so it just goes dead. He goes, Duh. and then she finally goes, oh, I guess I'll get check see if he's alive still. She sees she's he's alive. She, she's like, oh, I got to call O'Malley. When he brought the yeah. uh, he brought him in, he said, when you, I, yeah. you got to call me as soon as he gets out of the coma. Yep. You call me. So she calls him. But fortunately, O'Malley isn't at the, doesn't work for the, the police anymore. He had to go under undercover. We'll find out why. So who picks up? It's Hank from Breaking Bad, Hank. Goddamn Hank. And he's like, oh, that's great. Yeah, okay. Well, thank you. And then he immediately calls up his greasy fucking henchman friend. He's like, we got to get this guy. So they make a beeline for the hospital. At this time, Steven Seagal is out of the coma. I'll give, I'll give him points for this. What? Even though it's ridiculous how quickly he recovers, at least he wasn't immediately ready to kick ass. Dude, I did so much research on how fast he recovered out of this because... Holy fuck. Seven years in a coma. The success rate for somebody his age, he's like 39 at this point, of coming out of a coma for that long, it's like 10%. Well, he's not a normal man. He's got the Nang Chen, dude. Okay, Nang Chen. Okay, so <laughs> Nang Chen. Okay, yeah. So it's given that he's going to get out of He's going to be the, the 10%. But the atrophy, man. Your muscles have been at rest for seven yeah, years. Well, I, I, I'm there with you. But come on, like that's pretty. That's giving a lot, asking a lot of Steven Seagal that he's just kind of fucked up. Like, <laughs> so he can talk, he can move yeah. a little bit. Oh, I forget. We were introduced to one of my favorite characters, Danny, the physical therapy guy. Yes, Danical, <laughs> Danical, <laughs> Danny, the physical therapist, is fucking. Awesome. He comes in, hey man, we're gonna get you up, back up on your feet, but don't be too too hasty. We're gonna do this in time. And then he's just like. Get me the fuck out of here. Yeah. And he's like, hey, I'm going to give you a massage. Let's go. And he's like, super happy. Yeah. This is Steven Seagal at his best acting because he's trying to be a real human being. <laughs> like, 
okay, I got to be a real person <laughs> who can barely run, barely get mu- – like I have control of my muscles at all time at any moment. It doesn't matter if I'm in a seven-year coma. I could karate chop the Pope into next week. I could do that. So he is playing down to human level, and I respect that about him. Yeah, man. He deserved best coma. <laughs> uh, Oscar award, Academy Award, whatever the fuck it's yeah. called. He deserved it. The Academy must have got lost when he. I'm sure he sent that scene in, you know, for them to look. He over. didn't have to send it in. Everybody sent it in for him. Oh, so, <laughs> so while those guys are getting prepared, our buddy Danny's giving him a nice massage, little comic relief. He's like laying on his stomach. He's like, I gotta get the fuck. Yeah, out he's of constantly here. gotta get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and he's like, Yeah, I'll get you some lemon chiffon pie after this. Yeah. <laughs> And so then by this time, the bad guys show up. So they got the, they got the gun with the silencer on yep. it. Sweet silence. Not, not super scopey, though, like in our last no. movie. Just normal silence. And gun. so he disguised himself as a doctor. And so he, he's, he's going up to the coma ward. Of course, he's not there because he's getting a massage from Danny. So he's searching around. At this time, a security guard's like, hey, uh, you know, we need some identification. And he's like, sure, I got your identification right here. Pulls out the gun, shoots the guy, security I mean, guard. He's just having his way. And we're going to get we're gonna get Mason Storm, of course. He suddenly gets full uh, ability of his arms. He's on, well, he's, he's still struggling. The, the he, massage helped. Danny helped oh, with the man, massage. He's struggling. But you're right. That massage gave him like shoulder arm strength again. So he's like got a broom and he's pushing himself throughout. Well, wait, no. Before, well, first he's in a gurney. Danny's taking him back to the the room, and Danny's like, "What the fuck?" You know, he sees the guy. Danny gets killed. I broke my heart. Danny was at the heart and soul of this movie. As far as yeah, you think so? <laughs> like, Danny gets fucking killed. Never even got to give him the lemon chiffon. He, he did deserve. He he served as a good distraction though of our yeah. hero. Yes. So while he's getting killed, our hero is backing <laughs> into an elevator. Right. He's like, yeah, he, gets, he finds a broomstick, starts using that to get through this doorway, yeah. gets in the elevator. The most, the least tense, dramatic, boringest. No tension at all. This is like a fucking modern Marvel movie where there's no <laughs> suspense at all. It's just like, oh, he's got to get out of that shit. He's like, uh, and it's super slow and super boring, but he does, and finally gets into the, the elevator, pushes Pushes, I don't know where he, it doesn't matter where he goes. Yeah. So then the bad guy's following him, opens the door. Hey, there's Andy. She just happens to be there. He's like, get me the fuck it's out that, of it's here. Th- you know what? We talk about the samurai sixth sense. I don't know what sixth sense his is, but it is a sixth sense. And uh, he has it. And so when he was jabbing the broom into the elevator, he use his sixth sense that was like a muscle memory and he had a button he knew what floor she would be on and he had a button that knew what floor she was on well good for him because it she was gets like some him. kind of fate sense and then so she he's like get me the fuck out of here so she's like all right she sees danny's dead she's like yeah all right i i believe you so apparently this is her first day working that because she doesn't know how to push a gurney at all she's slamming right. into every goddamn she, wall she doesn't know how to turn that shit I, I don't want to see that woman in the grocery store. Yeah, And I don't for real. mean to be sexist at all. It's just she doesn't know how to operate a gurney. I don't know how she knows how to operate anything on four wheels. But she manages to get away, get some in her convertible. They take off. The bad guy's like, curses. I almost got you. Mm-hmm. And she takes Murders off. two people at a 
hospital and gets away with it. Well, yeah. Well, he's dressed as a, as a doctor. Who would you suspect a doctor? Right. Danny and that security guard died. So, thank fortunately, thankfully, Dan, fortunately, thank fortunately, thank fortunately. Dan Andy, I'm saying I love Danny so much I can't stop talking about. I know about it. it's fine. Andy, you can call her Danny. <laughs> he should have got best supporting actor. I'm just saying. No, I agree. So Andy, five is, minutes of screen time, is, best supporting <laughs> actor. <laughs> hey, Jude, Dame Judy Dench was on for less screen time in Shakespeare in Love, and she won an really? Academy Award. Yes, it's, there's precedence for this. I'm not going to research that at all. I believe you. I'm not. That's Merman Production Faith. So she, fortunately, she's house sitting for somebody. So she takes them to this this house instead of her apartment. And thank, I think this is. What do you? What do you I'm sorry. No, go on, go on, <laughs> please. So he cut to him waking up from this deep sleep, apparently. Yeah. And he's in this. Thankfully, he's in this Asian room. I think that healed him a little bit. He's in this room with a lot of Asian furniture. Yes. The whole apartment. Her house. No, I, it was it? I thought that just that room had a lot of Asian shit. No, whole shit. house. Okay. So it's, it's, I'd say it's very tacky Asian stuff, but it's Asian stuff all the same. I'm not stepping on toes here. Keep going. So I don't, I don't know where – that's all I remember. <laughs> you... My God. This motherfucker wakes up from that coma. His immediate reaction, grab the remote, turn on the TV. That's right. Who does he fucking see? Geraldo Rivera has a TV show. It it's was... like a talk show, a midday talk show. Yeah, he did. It was a classic episode, too, the one where he gets in a fight with skinheads. Oh, my God. That's why he had the broken nose. The skinhead threw a chair and hit him in the face. Really? Yeah. Motherfuck. Dude, that's insane. Yeah. So, of course, he's unaware because he's been in coma for seven years that Geraldo is a relevant human being in the media world. So he just goes, Geraldo. He pops right up. He's walking. It's been maybe a day he's, or he's two. He's staggering, though. Okay. Cut him some slack. He's oh, not... my God. Okay. <laughs> I I did a lot of research about coma victims. and lo- Is that the right way to phrase that? Coma victims? Sure. Who cares? Yes. But seven years. Somebody woke up last year, a day before our birthday, in fact, <laughs> and they, after like a few months, were only able to write with a pen. Let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question first. Did they have oh a Nang Chen tail? Okay. No, they didn't. Okay, but you don't know the power. Like I, I can't wait till you get yours. Can you, you don't say, know the power. Can you say he had a Nang Chen tail at that <laughs> this point? Because it was all flowing. Well, yeah, it's it's loose. It's it's not being contained. In fact, it's it's probably more powerful because it's not being contained it's in a tail. <laughs> right. So, so yeah, so. So, Geraldo, and then... And then, then it cuts to... Yeah, I'm back with you. It cuts to a political commercial. Yep. And it's that fucker Trent. But he this doesn't time, know it. We know it. We know it. And he's a senator now. And he's going for re-election. Yep. And his, catch, his catchphrase is, you can take, take that, that to, to the, the bank. bank. And, 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 oh. 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 He means the literal bank, not the sperm bank that fucking Mason Storm takes everybody to. But he's definitely got somebody who's putting in some heavy deposits of the. So that's a bank. little. That's a little. It's not foreshadowing. I don't know what it is, but a little callback for us as the audience to be like, "Oh yeah, that's the guy." Yeah. So, so go ahead. 
No, I'm, you go ahead. I, just, I, I don't know what the fuck happens. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, What does Andy get up to? Because she leaves for some reason. A- Andy, I mean, this is the woman, of course, who has told him, like, when he starts waking up, she get, responds to the heartbeat. She's like, oh, my God, you're going to be so famous. Everything is about him being famous. That's not the first time the line came up <laughs> where you, Steven Seagal, is going to be famous. That comes up at least four times where people well. say, you're going to be famous. So, of course, she's talking to her friend like, oh, my God, we're in so-and-so. I'm not willing to tell you the location, but, you know, this is, you know, I've got him here. He's safe here. And so they start working on uh, his healing process. And this is where we start slowly working into his montage. Well, first, he's got to shave off that goatee. Yeah, they have, like, a nice little, like, dinner and she's trying to feed him, and he's like, no, 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 I got this. And, of course, he's got full muscle control after two days. And he's used, I think he's using chopsticks. Chopsticks. So. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He's he got this. No big deal. They're eating yeah, with troll, like, old Asian and accoutrement. And he's like, you gave me this beard. And they go, ha, ha, the little giggling. And then, well, he laughs, too. He's not mad. No, he's not. He was, he's teasing He's her. charmed by her. He's like Andy, right? Yeah. Did you notice my name, Chantel? <laughs> <laughs> you give me this beard? <laughs> and, of course, he's got a... He shaves it on his own. Yeah. And, then he, and then he puts, gets some of that grease out, greases the hair back, gets that nice he's and got, tightening chin. Get, oh, my God. He gets that slicked back hair again. Gets some sweet-ass mom jeans on. Yeah. Fucking oversized thriller jacket. Yeah, he tries to give her, because, like, after she walks in, he's still not fully healed. He's, like, outside just enjoying dinner. He went and met with uh, our cool cop's mom. She did, right? Yeah, she did. Yes, and he did. Right, okay. And he's at home just chilling out, reading the paper, and he's got a little cane with him. That's all he needs. <laughs> he can walk. Well, well it's been 12 little... hours. Come on. It's 12 hours. <laughs> he's a little cane to help him out. And, of course, she's all, uh, oh, shit, you're... You know, you look great because he shaved his beard and he's got the hair slicked back in. She's like, fuck. <laughs> How? You can see, like, her eye lines going right to the Nang Chen. Yeah. Nang Chen to the end. <laughs> I don't know how to. I should have thought of this beforehand. <laughs> yeah. Some kind of, like, wordplay with the with the dick yeah. region. Yeah. So I it goes from the Nang yeah. Chen to the Dick Chen. <laughs> Yeah, we should have prepared a little more. Yeah, we should have prepared for that one. Because so, yeah, so then this is where we get the fucking montage. He's, well, oh. First he's like, I need you to get me some Chinese herbs. Yeah. And so he writes it out, and of course he writes it in Chinese. Chinese. Because he's a master at everything. Yep. And she's like, you can write and read and write Chinese. Like, I was... You know, I can't... An- I'm sorry. Another character being <laughs> super impressed by how great Mason Storm is. <laughs> Writes in Chinese, hands her the letter. I can't read this. They can read this. Go to this store. I mean, she's, she's like, how, how do you know Chinese? And he's like, well, what was it like? The, his parents were in the Peace Corps or some shit like yeah, that? Yeah, he, he gave Something some like fucking bullshit like uh, American Ninja, American Samurai story. <laughs> I, I was in a plane crash. I grew up in Japan. I don't, I don't know if it went that far. It but, didn't go that far. I'm making a fucking but, joke. <laughs> but uh, he's too good for that. So, but he's like, yeah, and I... 
I, I was taught like martial arts, and I because the kids were kicking my ass because I was a white boy in China. Yeah, and so I wanted to learn martial arts to kick their ass. So I went to the sensei, and he was like, "Oh, you think you're bad? Cause you want to kick people's asses? You think that makes a great man? A great man heals first. Heals before he hurts. Exactly. That was his big lesson. That was, and so." We're going to work into the longest, weirdest montage, <laughs> probably, yeah. of the not, non-Globus, Golden <laughs> Globus era. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it, it starts off slow. I'll give him credit for that. Yeah, he, he builds he, up. He doesn't immediately, like, you know, punch through a boxing bag or whatever <laughs> the fuck. I, I'm no. good at this. I know what I'm talking about. Well, first, he starts, get some acupuncture. Yeah, oh yeah. That, that's need, probably what helped too. The he needs the salves and the needles. Yes, and he gets a little incense and he's burning it on his body. Yeah. And I just want to point out, like, we all know Steven Seagal's a big fat motherfucker. But in this, the earlier movies, no. I forgot that he was skinny at one time. But skinny he, as fuck. But not really. He's kind of fat skinny in this. Because yeah. he has absolutely no muscle tone no. to his body at all. He's at super all. doughy. I'm like, I'm like, fuck, my arms are bigger than that motherfucker. He's like, what the fuck, Steve? And he's the guy supposed to be a badass. Yeah. But anyway, so he's he's doing the meditating. He's got the acupuncture. Then we see he gets like a, like a, a one by eight, and he digs a hole, and he stands that one by eight up, and he wraps some rope around it. <laughs> and then he starts doing these weak punches into the rope part. And, and then, he's, then he's doing his like little jogging up a hill thing. Yeah. There's, there, there's several. What is this running? Because it's, it's, it's bizarre. I would describe it as T-Rex style. T- because, I mean, his hands are at his hips. Yeah, like, and, and, they're, and they're like flailing around. Yeah, so when I'm gesturing this right now because I'm ru- trying he, to mime it s- out. He does this in Above the Law, too. This yeah, is no, how he runs. There's supercuts. It's, biz- it's bizarre. And I'm going to try to find a good supercut of it to post to, like, you know, a Facebook or a Twitter type situation. You need to see this. It is amazing. And in this movie, he's running uphill for the montage. His feet do not leave the ground. He's shuffling over a mountainside. <laughs> it looks like a couple of children who were, like, their mom was like, I don't know how to uh, uh, entertain these children, so I put a couple sponges on their feet and some soap and asked them to scrub the kitchen floor. That's how he fucking runs. He doesn't lift his legs. Yeah, I'd like to say it's him still pretending like he's just got out of the coma, but I saw Above the Law, and he runs like that in that one. So he runs like that's that. That's how he runs. He in needs to everything. hire. I know he can do a lot of stuff, but running ain't one of them, and they should be a body double for his, all his running. Yeah. Um, the unfortunate insult you always see attributed to him is that he runs like a girl. He doesn't. He runs like somebody who's never figured out gravity. Somebody who's never figured out, like, Somebody who's learning how to walk. Yeah, learning how to... Thank you. <laughs> For fuck's sake, this guy doesn't get it. Like, I'm an Aikido master. Also, I don't get how to run. Like, <laughs> Well, because he's never you, had to run. How do you get that much, like, uh, uh, like, say on your body and, like, your, your mind and, like, I'm going to react this way, but you don't know how to run? He's I, never had to. He's such a badass, I guess. It's... It's infuriating. I also want to point out there's a scene where 
first of all, he in the beginning of the montage, he can barely just bench press the bar. No, he yeah, it's the bar. It's the bar. <laughs> it's the bare bar. And then it's I want to point 20 out twenty pounds maybe. Now near the end of the montage where he's back to normal. Yeah, they show like two hundred pounds being lifted, and they show cut away to him pulling down. You never see him literally lifting the yeah. weights. It's just him pulling down on it, and the weights going up. Right, it's very suspect. And of course, you get like the extreme before and the extreme after. How long of a difference would you say there was days? I think he got probably got better in like two days. Two days. Two days was right up here in the Chrome Dome. You know, I was thinking that two makes days. Sense. Yeah. Well, he did use acupuncture. So. Acupuncture? Ac- acupuncture? Incense does a lot, I get to say. We don't know. I've never practiced this ancient... Chinese secret? Uh, you know, the ancient Chinese <laughs> medicine secret. I don't know if you have, no. but... I no, I might now that I have my Nang Chen. I do. I I was I was taught a few things. <laughs> I can't say okay because you got You got to yeah. get the product. I yeah. can't. I don't want you know. I I did not learn this. What he did in this moment. Okay, I'm not advanced enough. Zen Master Sagal said, "You are you're like." Uh, hey, look, I'm happy to promote this product in any way I can because we both have these very new, wonderful mic stands because of the name. Yeah, Chen. that's what it, that's what it paid for. Yeah, yeah exactly. these mic stands we have were paid for by the Nang Chen. I'm gonna tell you, these cost ten bucks a piece. <laughs> these, those ten Nang bucks that we we got Na- from the Nang exactly. Chen. Exactly, exactly. So, so of course. Uh, Andy, she's just enamored. She's just like, oh, my God, he's running up a hill. Oh, he's just amazing. Dude, she is – I don't know how often she's been able to watch him train. But, of course, he's gone. And, like I said, it's like day one to day two and a half where yeah. he went from I can barely lift a bar <laughs> to I can lift 200 pounds. Right. And, and he can break a one by eight. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. I, course, I could do that. And of course, she sees that and goes, oh, Mason Storm. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody in this movie, as soon as they see him, are just like, I need to fuck him. I need to fuck him. I need to fuck him right now. Yeah. Basically, yeah. I didn't even see him accredited as a writer. I'm just going to say that. So somebody else was like, we need Mason Storm to be fucked by everybody, wanted by everybody, and at every moment. somebody does get fucked because while he's or he's just meditating in his little dojo, he's he's up to strength now. Yes, he's he's got and he's got all these paper newspaper clippings of you know yeah. hero cops yeah. family slaughter. Oh my god, yes, the motivation. Yes. Everywhere around him, and she walks in, of course, and he's doing his little floor routine no, with the nunchucks, yeah. and then he no, it, wasn't, dro- it was just sticks. Wasn't it was sticks. Yeah, you're yeah. right. It was sticks, and then he drops them, and then he does like he does like this claw routine. Like if I were to ask you to just go ahead and do like a primal animal claw, <laughs> you would probably like curl all five of your fingers together. Yeah, he does that, but then he does like this X figure where he's like swiping one after the other and going that's how we train well that's how they do it in aikido i guess i don't know and of course she walks into the room and she's fucking she's 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 like oh my god she's about to pass out she's completely like the the testosterone is just flowing yeah 
she didn't even pick out her own outfit in that figure. It was just like her complete erotic fascinations dressed her. And she opened that door, and of course she had a rose. Kiss from a rose. And she was just like, well, I, uh, well, I just wanted to offer you this, this rose. And he's just like, yeah. He's got that baggy. <laughs> big baggy tank big top on. baggy. And I'm, I, I didn't get fat out of it. He's just weird, oddly no, shaped. He's doughy. He has no muscle tone. Yeah. I mean, he's not fat. He's skinny fat. Okay. Meaning he's just doughy. Yeah. But she There's is, no way in hell he was lifting that 200 pounds. No, or no absolutely way. not. Um, but she is just like, fuck me. Now, his training room, super filled with, like, weird Chinese stuff. <laughs> and don't forget, training room also filled with clippings of his dead family. Dead family. Not enough to stop him. And I'm sorry, there's a third thing in there. A goddamn fireplace. <laughs> well, it's which he has lit amongst <laughs> the fire. Or, uh, fire? Yeah. The candles. Yes. Well, you, well, we learned earlier he carries candles. Carries a now you know candles. why. So he's got all these candles spread out throughout his training room. Then the fireplace. So she comes in, white rose, tight little, like, very scantily dressed, let's say. And She's wearing tight clothes. He's wearing super baggy clothes. Exactly. Yeah. This is his wife. They're going to fuck. They're not going to... The romanticism in that room, zero. Well, he me, don't forget he's he's fucking somebody while there's pictures of his fucking family taped everywhere oh, in this room. You know what? You're right about that. So that's like, why we're also we're all supposed to be like, oh man, he's so torn up about his wife. Well, not enough it to was, fuck this nurse. It, so the fact that there was no friction there was just purely his like separation between oh my god my family and I'm, also no, I'm this, in I'm attracted to this other person. This might be like going out there. Okay. I don't think they had sex. I think he saw he examined her for lumps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. You know what? I would love. I'm sorry. I'm gonna go off script here. I would love off script. Off script <laughs> in the movie. I would love to believe that he just checked his wife. For lumps, but he checked the other girl for. Damn girl. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's so funny about the sex scene is it's so non-sexual, mm-hmm. and this is his real life wife. He does do the butt cup. That was his move. No, no, he does. No, nope. I, remember, I remember that. And she does the the Nang Chen fondle. So I'm trying to agree with you that no, he doesn't. doesn't he does get full. Gri- he does get full grip. Maybe it's half grip. He doesn't he half hold grip? on for, for long. I'm sorry. Because he, he's doing those hand things, like you said, those tiger claw hands. He's got things. those tiger claw hands, man. And she's fondling the Nang Chen, and then, and scene. He's yeah. go away. Meanwhile, he's basically having real life sex with this actress that played his wife in the beginning of the film. Yeah. His, his not, real life wife, eh, I'm yeah, over fuck that. Her. So, or not fuck her. We have them fucking, we get to the next. Or. Checking for lumps. Checking for lumps. Good call. Or maybe just trying to help her find her meridian point of her chi or whatever the Meri- fuck. Yeah, meridian points. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't even hear you. So whatever. Whatever you said there. No, you said it. You said it right. It's meridian points. Meridian points? Okay, I'm sorry. Um, They wake up the next... Well, he wakes up the next morning. And, of course, he's got guilt because his dead wife, coma. It's been two days now. He's got full... 
full function of his dick and the rest of his body. Thank God. Thank God. The world says thank God. I mean, he shouldn't be tying himself. It's been two days and he's already tied down to another lady. You'd think uh, the guy with that much sexual potency. Yeah. Yeah. So. Goes to the grave. He's got to go to the grave. So, you know, he just steals her car. He goes to the grave, visits the family, has a little moment where he has a flashback, him and his son praying to the Lord. And, you know, notice how big my dick is, Lord. Let me into the pearly gates because, God damn it, is my dick big. Also, I'm pretty great. Did you see how many bad guys I caught? You need to let me in. He's really trying to bribe his way in by his, like, cop career. Right. So while he's doing that... Andy's like, I'm going to go back to my apartment, check on my uh, roommate, see how she's doing. Is that what they were? They yeah. were roommates? That's so what, yeah, that's what I'm assuming. That was her place? Yeah, because she was house-sitting. So I was assuming that's her place she was going to. Fuck, that was a really weird scene then. Yeah. It, it was, was already kinda, weird, but yeah, it's Yeah, it was kind of confusing, but I think that's what it was. Like, she was going to get clothes or something like that. Yeah. And so she's about to go in. The neighbor comes out and says, hey, bitch. The fuck you doing? And she's like, oh, I'm checking on my friend here. Yeah, you woke me up. What are you do- <laughs> what, why, why are you knocking on my door? <laughs> and then, and then he's like, Oh yeah, did, I, I forget. Did, did he tell she was dead or she? Yeah, your friend's dead. Yeah, and in fact, your face is the one they showed on. Yeah, TV. he's like, You're that bitch on TV. So what we learn in this very just like. We're going to brush this scene away is that they framed her for a murder. I didn't lo- I, you think I didn't think of that way. But I thought Dude. I thought they just came there to kill her and she just happened to be there. The roommate happened to be there. That Maybe might, they could have <sighs> they could have confused them. I'm not I'm not positive on this cuz I didn't really care enough they about this movie to pay attention that no, much. No, this is a very just like But the bad over. guys weren't they there like stay I thought I thought they were staking the place out. They were listening. Okay. They were they were nearby, but only to hear it. So like she left a voicemail at the place, and they heard the voicemail. Okay. So after they heard the voicemail, there's the whole interaction, and the guy kind of chases her. Like they follow the the neighbor. Yeah. And And then what happens is they follow her back to where where Mason is. The bad guys. Yeah. And while so while that's happening, Mason hooks back up with his buddy O'Malley. And he explains everything. He's like, look, you're the greatest human being that ever lived. So yeah. I I quit the force. I took yeah. care of your son. Uh, your son's alive. <laughs> and I took care of him. He's in a that prep a school now. Yeah. You know, so nobody knows he's alive. He's under like he's under my mom's name. Yep. And of course he jabs with him. He's like, hey, 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 Stevie. Hey, Mason. He's faster than his old man. And of course... <laughs> Steven Seagal can't stand for that. Faster than his old no man. No one can run faster than me. Exactly. He's like... Even though I don't know how to run. He's like, no. He's not faster than me. He seriously said that. He's like, no, he's not faster than no, me. No, he said He's like, hey, I'm not over the hill yet. Yeah. He's basically just telling him, I don't care if I'm 40 plus years old. My 13-year-old son is going it. Never mind. So she, gets, so she gets back. He goes, okay... He tells uh, O'Malley, he's like, hey, go get that tape. O'Malley had the, the, the video, not the videotape, the audio cassette tape yeah. of the thing. And he's like, go get that. We're going to bust this motherfucker. 
or some shit. I don't remember. Yeah. So while that's happening, so he leaves. Andy comes back with the bad guys with yeah. following her. And then we what, get. A, I'm sorry. What is Good Cop's name? Good Cop O'Malley. O'Malley. Yeah. Okay. So this is where we get good action scene. They're, they're shooting shit up in the house. There's a fight scene. We finally Andy pops in. We got to pack up and get out of here. Right. But then, fucking uh, all the all the bad cops. Fireworks come in. start. They're shooting the place up. Uh, we get our great arm break. This is where we finally get the classic Steven Seagal arm break. He breaks the dude's arm. I think he broke one earlier in the movie. I think he like bent a guy's hand back, like he like went like that. You know what? You're right. He bends a guy's arm back, but or a hand back, and then in this this yeah. uh, action sequence, he does do, and you get the close up of the windbreaker. <laughs> wow, burp. Um, like I mentioned earlier, where he breaks the guy's arm and like the elbow shoots up. Yeah, no, that's right. classic. So he fucks everybody up. They get in the, uh, Andy's jeep. They take off. The Jeep gets all shot up to shit, but they get away. Yep. They, fortunately, they find some, like, uh, Mexican guys in a car on the road. And then the most oh cringeworthy scene it's, where, like... And I'm sorry. Before you get into this, he... I've already kind of mentioned, like, with his music history, he loves to imagine himself being, like, this people of all races. He likes to imagine that citizen he, of the world. Type he's thing. a citizen of the world. Thank you. That's a great way to put it. He. <laughs> so of course he rolls up to uh, the the this group of Mexicans. I still in. don't even understand what happened because like okay their car is like yeah. not working. It's and he's like hey hey and he's, he's doing a really bad yeah. like Mexican accent. It's, type it's thing. these Mexicans. They're doing the bad accent. Uh, Steven Seagal is doing a really offensive accent. <laughs> it, like, it, no, it's offensive. <laughs> he's doing a really bad accent where most people will be like, "Fuck off." Back, no, in 1990, everyone would have cracked up. But you're right oh, now. Okay. Now nobody would. Have, okay, would you know what? That. I wasn't. Yeah. I was three in 1990. Yeah. So you know, you can you're, still do. That you're probably shit, right. But, so but these ca- they yeah. trade cars. It's like, and all of a sudden their car can work. Yeah how how hot is your car? <laughs> and he's just like smoking, <laughs> and they're like, "Fuck yeah!" And they hop in it. I, I was just waiting for them to do like the black handshake, like right at, but they didn't do that. Oh but that would really capped off how painful this scene was. It's so bad. And so yeah, because they take the jeep full of bullet holes, and they probably got pulled over by the LA cops and beaten to death after that. <laughs> but so. I can't imagine they got far in that car. Yeah. I I I don't see how that happened. <laughs> Steven Seagal sees how that happens, but I don't see. So. This I <laughs> I hate this movie so much that I'm kind of drawing a blank. They, they come it's up fine. they come up with this convoluted plot, right? Isn't they they got to meet in Chinatown. He's going to get Sonny. Momali's going to get Sonny. Yeah. And they oh they what they they have to get go back to the, his old house and get the cam- video camera. Yes. You know, so apparently there's there's been a lot of work being done on the house now because there were bullet holes all in it, weren't there? His old house. Yes, his old yes, house. Yes, his old house. And. So they they pretend to be real estate agents, and they're like, "We need to check out your house." Really bad. I I've done like uh, you know contracting stuff. Really bad job. They for some reason they covered up where he had the the uh, 
the ironing board in the wall. They covered it with something, like like yeah. drywall or something. It's also been seven years, <laughs> and they're still working on that house. <laughs> And they never found this camera. It's just, it's not like in a hidden room. It's in a fucking ironing board. It's up against the wall. Yeah, it's in a normal, like, just like a Murphy bed type wall where it's like, yeah, this obviously (laughs) folds down. Not a big deal at all. Of course, what do they do with it? They put up, like, glass shelves. No, they they just put, like, drywall over it. They covered it up. Well, yeah, no, no, no. It was indented. So it was like, you know, it was like a four-inch depth or whatever from the normal drywall. And then it was indebted. And then they put up (laughs) glass shelves over that. But, yeah, Yeah. you're right. The the piece he pulls down was not (laughs) – it was obvious. It was like, yeah, you pull here. It was not hidden. So he breaks all this shit. He goes, hey, we got the camera. And then He pulls down the glass shelves with shit all over it. Well, he, just, he doesn't I, care. He's, yeah, he doesn't give a care, shit. All he cares about is justice. And of course, the real estate agents are the real estate agent. His girlfriend now, right. and the pregnant woman who's moving into the house, just like who looked like fifty years old. Is he that yeah, supposed oh, to be pregnant? Yeah, she but. she was she was looking really old. And of course, <laughs> he's just like your contractors are doing a really bad job. Where the fuck is all the contractors <laughs> under know, the hey. bus? If that happened to me, it happens. You could pull the fucking shelves off the wall. There is three of them. He's a dick. He's a dick, yeah, right. This, that moment really made me hate him. Well, you're going to hate him more because... How? How? I don't know. I just feel like saying that. Okay, I So really the, big, the convoluted plan is... Well, it's not very convoluted. It's actually stupid. Is that um, Ellie's going to get Sonny in the audio cassette... And they're going to get the video because they're going to meet up in, like, Chinatown. They're going to meet up in a hotel. Because what was up with the hotel scene? They go to a hotel because that's where they get another car. It's a big, I don't know. It gets convoluted here. and it's, It doesn't. It, it, no, it, I don't remember this at all. There's a scene where you fight some guys in a hotel before China, right before Chinatown. Yeah. I, don't, I don't understand it either. I don't remember why they were there. So we don't need to know. So forget I said that. Sure. So they're going to meet. This, let's just put it this way. They're going to meet up at the train station in Chinatown. I forgot. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I think I'm making it up, to be <laughs> honest on. with you. I don't care. So, shit. Um, so he's going to meet up. They're going to get uh, Sonny on a train, get him out of town with the, the shit they need to, to nail this motherfucker. So... I may, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Listen, I'm making the shit up right now because I don't fucking remember because it's a shitty movie. So all I know is that O'Malley's in the train station and yeah. the bad guys find him and O'Malley gives Sonny the tape and says, yep. get the fuck out of here. And uh, they fucking kill O'Malley. And then Sonny, being a dumb fuck who's supposed to get on the train, doesn't. And he starts running. Yeah, I remember him running. And he starts running through Chinatown and we get another scene of... I don't know how Steven Seagal... I think they're supposed to meet up in Chinatown. So Steven Seagal and Andy are there. You know they were supposed to meet up. You're right. Yeah. And so we get a nice, great running scene of Steven Seagal again. Yes. And Why? then... <laughs> and then he has the big fight scene with our buddy from Hero and the Terror. I don't remember his name either. The Indian guy from Renegade. I know. His name is great. And, you know, I look him up... And... I, it feels like every other week at this point because he's been a villain in so many movies. He's great. Right. He's a great actor, and I really appreciate him. I can never fucking remember his name, <laughs> yeah. and I, I apologize immensely about Well, it that. doesn't matter because he just 
gets the shit kicked out of yeah, him by, he, by he, Mason. He, he gets destroyed because it's a Steven Seagal movie, right. especially. And then at the end, he throws like this it's a, like Chinese mask on his face, and I don't, it doesn't. I don't think he even says any one line. I don't even remember. And then he's like, and then he, I guess he decides he's got to go to uh, Vernon Trent, the bad guy's place. Bear in mind. For the main bad guy, he's never in this fucking movie. He's in the very first scene. Well, no, and that he's in makes the very sense. Last. It's just like he—he's so good. He's got like this this thick line of defense. Well, it's like this I'm movie okay is so that. much about how great Steven Seagal is. You never get the, any fleshed out villains at all. They're just kind of yeah. in the background. It's all okay. about Steven Seagal. You're right. It's always like D-list villains being thrown at him. He doesn't get an A-list villain. Even the senator is a fucking D-lister. There's no good opposition. There is absolutely no good opposition. Right. But opposition he must have. So he goes to Senator Trent's house, and I swear it's... Well, it must be like another house he uses to fuck prostitutes, because I swear he had a family in the commercial they had. You know what we left out? Oh, fuck. We left out the most important part. Yeah. How he puts it all together. Yeah, you're right. The guy's like... No, because this is the scene before they break into the girl's house. The house-sitting 80s right. house. Right. And, of course, he stands up and hears the TV. <laughs> and what does he hear well, on TV? Well, first of all, O'Malley goes, are there any, like, phrases or anything you can remember oh, about wow. this? <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? That was seriously in the movie? Yes, that oh was. Oh, my God. He says that. He literally says, are there any phrases Somehow you can remember? my brain just was like, <laughs> yeah. get away with that. So we get like an audio montage where he's just like, take it to the bank. Yeah. Take it to the bank. Take it to the bank. Take it to the bank. And then he remembers that commercial. Take it to the bank. And he puts it all together. And, and he's he, like, that's the guy. The so senator. So that's how he knows to go to Trent, Senator yeah. Trent's house. Burning. But so, but he's he's... So, like I said, this must be one like a side house he has where he, he parties and fucks all these girls because he's in the hot tub with some like skanky chick. His family's nowhere to be yeah. seen, and his, his henchmen are just playing pool. They're just having a good time, right? Until you know, Mason Storm shows up. I just, I love like after like before he goes into the senator's mansion. There's this scene where his kid uh, Sonny meets up with his girlfriend. Right. I guess girlfriend, the girl he's fucking. Yeah, they have never established a relationship <laughs> at this point. Um, and uh, she, of course, is uh, she grabs the kid and he's like, "Who are you?" And she's just like, "That's a very long story." What story is there? There's been <laughs> two days, of right. course, seven years, where I guess she's been like administering him in his coma. There's well, no relationship there outside the two days. How do you tell a 12-year-old, I've been fucking your dad the past two days? Easy. Know? Hey, kid, your dad? Fucking awesome dick. And I've been <laughs> wanting to fuck it for seven years. And then guess what? This is, this is a great story, kid. Your dad woke up and fucked me, and it was a great dick. <laughs> well, great dick. She has a little more class than that. So she just says, no, she hey, doesn't. it's a long story. It's no. a long story. No, I believe she put the emphasis. <laughs> and then she winked at the camera. I, I believe that. she put the emphasis on long for sure. <laughs> but she definitely did not. 
I mean, come on. Long story? No, that's the shortest fucking story of all. I was attracted to your dad who's Griff, in complete coma. Can we please get back to the action? Because I'm tired of talking about this movie. So oh, my God. You're right. So, this movie needs to end. So, this episode needs to end. So we, we end. have the big fight scene. He break. I swear. I swear this happens in a lot, but I've only seen like three or four Steven Seagal movies, so I can't say. He is always seen when he breaks a cue stick and starts fucking always. people up with him. So he stabs a dude. He he says the classic. What's the classic one liner? He says to the guy, he's like, "That's for my wife. Fuck you and die." Yeah. What an awful fucking one liner that was. He's there's no, nothing. No thought went into that one. He delivered some one-liners pretty well in this. Seriously, no, he didn't. He was awful. Okay, he was horrible. It might have been eight-year-old Griff taking <laughs> yeah, over no. there, but I they felt were, like he delivered. They some were awful one-liners. one-liners, and they were horribly delivered. It was okay. awful. Fuck you, Steven Seagal. I will take your word for it. Yes. So and then, uh, I don't. Know, he he fucks all the henchmen up. The, of course, the senator's a bitch. He's, He's hiding got- in the closet. He is always in control during this whole movie. So when he invades the senator's mansion where he's got plenty of henchmen, let's go ahead and say 4,000. Yes. He immediately dispatches all of them. He's got enough control where he's, like, going around with uh, a makeup stick and writing, like, messages on the walls. Oh, yeah. I, I, did you have any... Yeah, well, kids... Much... You, had, you had one thing you wanted to point out Well, there. much like... Uh... In our last episode, where Matt Hunter was playing mind games with Rostov, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Mason Storm is going to play mind games with these motherfuckers. So he writes, I don't, I don't know where he got the lipstick from, but he writes on a, a window, "Anticipation of death is worse than death itself." So he gets a little like Tai Chi on us, and then he kills the motherfucker. I mean, he's insane. Like he tells somebody. Uh, one of the crooked cops, as he kills him, he's like, hey, you got any last words? And he... Because he's got a gun in his mouth. And he kills him. He fucking shoots him in the mouth, Seagal does. And he's like... I don't, nah. he, he shot him in the mouth? I he's, don't remember that. He nah, shot him. It was, yeah. a, it was like a cop. Right, yeah. And he was just like, now nah, you're a good cop. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I guess he thinks dead cops are good. Exactly. Exists. Like I told you, shitty fucking one-liners, man. He, he, he is the absolute worst. So, of course, he gets into oh, the God. main fight with the well, senator. Well, it's not – no, it's not a fight. It's just him – the, the yeah, senator's cowering con- in the closet con- with a shotgun. Confrontation. Yeah, the it, main is, it was barely that, and this is why I fucking hate this movie. Because there is – you're way like, all right, this is it. He's just going to fuck this guy, break both of his arms. Yeah. No, he just grabs the shotgun from the guy, shoves it in his mouth. Are you – he does a great act first. I don't remember. And I'm sad you didn't remember this. <laughs> I had to pop it in the notes here. He puts it on his pants, Rostov style. Oh, I don't, and I don't he know. shoots, but it hits nothing. Right. And he goes, "Oh, smaller than I expected." <laughs> yeah, well, he's like, "Oh, he's like, oh, I never miss." Must have been smaller yes, than yes. You're that's right. what he says. Never, I never miss. <laughs> to <laughs> emphasize, oh, I know oh, everybody's awesome dick size, but you, you're tiny. No, yeah, and he's showing how, he's like, I never miss. It's always yeah. got to be about me and how fucking exactly. amazing I, I am. I know every genital size in the world, <laughs> but yours is exceptionally small. <laughs> God damn this. Unlike cigar. my dick. Which is... We already learned this earlier in the movie when I was in the coma. 
huge. Fucking ridiculously huge. <laughs> so at this point, the real cops, the good cops, the, well, they're not dead, so I don't know how they're good cops, but they bust in, and he's like, finally, you're here. This guy's a maniac. Get him out of here. Yeah. And the cop's like, hey, we saw the tape. This, yeah. this fucker's guilty. You're a hero, Mason. There, there is a moment of tension where they're right, just you're, like, you're drop gonna, the gun, right. Mason. And you're like, no, the senator's going to get away. And they're just like, Mason, we saw the tape. He's guilty. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. So, and then much like you know, we didn't. I, you guys never heard it because we didn't. We didn't ever release the episode. But much like in Kinjite, no, no, Mason's punishment hey. is more. Well, hey, good luck getting butt fucked in jail for the next twenty years. Yeah. That's the ultimate punishment: death. Anticipation of butt rape <laughs> is worse than butt rape <laughs> According to Mason Storm. According to Mason Storm. And the movie ends, thankfully. Oh, god damn We don't it. know. I mean, Andy might have took off with Sonny. We never see them again. I don't know. They, I don't care. They have a Fuck moment where they talk about a vacation. The three, Mason, Andy, and Sonny embrace. So maybe they went on vacation. Who the fuck cares? Murray? <laughs> Who the fuck cares? We spend, I don't. We spend way too much money. Final, final thoughts. Steven Seagal is a piece of Well, you of know shit. who should fucking care? You people who are listening. You should care. We don't. But thank you for listening anyway. This was a chore to watch this movie. Oh, no. But I it was a joy to listen to. I don't mean that they should care or not about the episode. This is definitely worth listening to. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I just mean who the fuck cares about Steven Seagal. He's a piece of shit. I think we yes. can agree on that. I mean, I, well, I think we're still going to cover some more Steven Seagal moves in the future. Dude, but, no, we're absolutely... <laughs> oh, this I, is, don't I don't we, know. Mark for Death, we might have to cover. I don't, I don't know. What's it, that? It'll, it'll be, is that a Steven Seagal? Yes, that's a oh, Steven okay. Seagal. No, I, I am absolutely on board with doing more Steven Seagal only because of the fact that we love these people who are so obsessed with themselves that they can't write a movie, star in a movie, direct a movie. They ever tell that you, doesn't. Yeah, they like, ever tell you, here's a Steven Seagal story for you. I, you know Rob Schneider, the comedian? Yeah, comedian no, I've, I, I probably heard this. Yeah. So he's like in a movie with Steven Seagal and, or like he's going like to audition or something. So he's got to meet so – on a movie set like in a trailer. And Steven Seagal, since he's a big star, he has this huge trailer. So he's supposed to meet Steven Seagal. So he's like sitting in this one area. And Steven Seagal is like in this other room somewhere. Steven Seagal makes him wait for like an hour. Yeah. And he comes out and he goes, sorry for making you wait, but I was reading the greatest script yep. ever written. And then I Rob Schneider this. goes, wow, really? Yeah. Who, who wrote that? I did. <laughs> what a fucking turd. I no. Absolutely. This is why I love covering his movies, though, because he's so self-absorbed. And so non-self-aware. Exactly. exactly. And it makes for... It's so fun to have fun with. Right. Because he doesn't get it at all. Today, then, now, doesn't matter. But all that matters is that we've got a big movie planned for next week. We're keeping on this road trip. First, I just want to mention... We've noticed you guys really fucking love Chuck Norris. Don't don't spoiler alert. Don't ruin. Th- this. There's no spoiler. This is this is uh we're, this is this is an idea we're floating. We're, we we're, got we're more projects, about. but I want to spoil it. It's not a spoiler. We might not do it. We might not do it. 
I'm it putting like it out there. Getting into a spoiler? No, it's not a spoiler. Because I'm I I want to hear from you guys whether you want it. Because I'm not going to do it if you don't want it. So we got this idea, and we might not do it unless you guys really want it. And I think you do because judging by your numbers, you fucking love Chuck Norris. We're thinking about doing little mini episodes, like 10, 15 minutes, uh, in between our big episodes, and we're going to review the weirdest, craziest Walker, Texas Ranger episodes. Look, I'm willing to dive into that library. So am I, but it's a lot of extra work, Griff. So... If you guys want this, and it sounds like you guys do, because, like I said, our most popular... Fucking Invasion USA blew up for us. I really don't know why Chuck episodes... I don't either, but you like them. So if you want to hear that, and we're open to doing it, but if you don't want to do it, like we're not going to waste our time. Like I just watched Chuck Norris video and interrupting a whole WCW event. I'm happy to see Chuck in all of his avenues, so... I'm really not. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm willing to do it for you guys, the fans. So if you want to hear, you want to hear this, let us know through either our Twitter at GNG Theater or our Facebook, which is just Going Globus. You'll know us because our we have the awesomest avatar, Frank Grills, the greatest mascot of all time, the machine gun shooting hot dog. Let mm-hmm. us know, and there's enough uh, feedback. We'll fucking do it. But we're not giving. I mean, look. I already explained earlier. We slave away on this fucking podcast. I'm spending my weekends helping helping the people in the world on my Harley, but all the rest of the, the rest of the week we're slaving away on these podcasts. We do. We we put a good amount of effort in here, so it doesn't sound like it because we, we, like, we forget the movies half the time, but well, we really do. That's okay. We remember the good parts, and then we just remember the we bad remember, parts. Yeah, we remember the parts you need to hear while we're live. And what? And speaking of which, let's get. Let's, let's 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 get to what we're gonna do next week. What what are we? Because I can't remember. I I remember I it remember. only as Warriors of the Wasteland, but that's no. not the correct. No, no, title. no, 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 no. Thanks for stepping on my intro. And by the way, wow. Anyway, yes, I think I. Invasion USA was big for us. I have a feeling this is gonna be big, big for us too. Because everyone loves Steven Seagal. This next one probably not. I don't give a fuck because it must be talked about. We're going to cover two of the most important genres of the 80s. Of yeah. course, I'm speaking of one, post-apocalyptic, two, the Italian ripoff. And I got to say, I'm more pleased to just talk about movies we care about than people than, than the movies that... Because we don't get that much feedback. Yeah, this one's for it's me. Hard, it's hard to say, like, we need to cater to our audience. Because, again, this movie is about what we care about. This right. whole podcast well, I is about what we yeah, care about. Yeah, I mean, look, you're probably thinking, I've never heard, like, the movie, yeah, like as Griff said, the movie's it's got two names. Warrior of the Waste, Warriors of the Wasteland yeah. or The New Barbarians. Yeah. And it's fucking, like, all, I fucking, this is why I love Italian movies. They're exactly. batshit crazy. They're batshit crazy, and you also love those post-apocalyptic. It's my favorite genre. If I had really, honestly, it's my favorite genre is post-apocalyptic. And not just post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic but the, the uh, Mad Max type. 
Right. The road warrior types. I don't think there's ever been a movie that produced more shitty ripoffs than Mad Max. Dude, you you lit this candle for me. There are so many bad ripoffs of Mad yeah. Max. And, and it's amazing. And this yes. one, holy shit. Yeah, I'm really... You, you're probably thinking, I've never heard of this shit. I don't need to... Yes, you need to listen to this episode. You need to see it. This movie's free on YouTube, by the way. Yeah. You need to see it because it's so fucking weird. You will not love it, but you you will <laughs> You will remember it. it. Yeah, you will watch it, and you'll be like, oh. <laughs> and, yeah. No, it's great. So... Tons of... And tons of old school stunts. There's no CGI. There's tons of stunt dummies getting fucked up. And not to mention, it it did make it as an MST3K episode. Did it? I didn't know that. It really did. It it subverts from a lot of the scenes we're going to talk about. <laughs> so when you mentioned to me, and I was like, oh, man, I've seen this movie. And then I saw the scene <laughs> that we're going to talk about. A scene so weird, I had to watch it twice to make sure I saw what I saw. I watched it nine times, and I'm not willing <laughs> to talk about what I did privately to it. Um, it's amazing. This is a true diamond in the rough. It is. It, it's like uh, Treasures of the Four Crowns. It's like so, one of those. And it's, easy, it's a lot easier to find the treasure. Yes. Treasure of the Four Crowns. Treasure of the Four Crowns was a treasure of the Four Crowns. Exactly. It was you, harder to find than the Four Crowns. Oh, my God. It's so much harder to find yes. than the Four Crowns. But this one, yeah, it's on YouTube. You can check it out. Yeah. I highly suggest that it's a terrible movie, but... Well, terribly good. There goes that. Um, but it, it's definitely enjoyable. So, yeah, we highly recommend you join us next week. So, be there next week. And as always, keep it warm. Yeah, and I'm supposed to say something about something, but you know what? Yep, goodbye, and uh, if you want, you can stick around for 30 whole seconds of Grississippi Blues. Bye-bye. Yeah, kick it. I'm gonna wake up this morning, and I get a knocking at my door, and I'm gonna wake up this morning. My legs are kicking for that gumbo soup. Yeah, it's hot and steamy. Real good. I just want you to put me on that SS Shrimp Express. <laughs>